Gregory, how you holding up? I am holding it up. Uh, although <laughs> not as much as I would like to be holding it up. Like that's the I think that's a lot people are talking about all the different constraints of this uh pandemic. Masturbation has gone by the wayside for a lot of people. If you live in a two bedroom apartment and you got two kids, mm. you know. You're gonna have to jerk off while you're shitting. <laughs> <laughs> It's the only time you have. That's a Bring lot of toilet paper you're you. wasting. Bring your phone in there with you. <laughs> Set up some you porn on the ledge. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you got to land it just right. You got to let it squirt and then come down between your legs into the water. Yeah, you got to point down. You got to hurt yourself. You got to You got to go overhand. Yeah, like you're going deep into third gear. <laughs> <laughs> I got a hearst. A <laughs> hearst. Yeah, that's the thing is like, and I've never been a shower guy. Uh, and especially now that I'm, 50, I'll be 54 on uh, Wednesday. <laughs> I'm a bath guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant for jerking off. <laughs> Imagine, I remember jerking off in the bath once and it just floated. Oh, it's fucking egg drop It floated soup. around. <laughs> it's terrible. Who ordered egg drop jism? It's, it's fucking floating. Ooh. And uh, it's cooking, right? I remember once I was at my um, my brother in law's apartment in New York. Lives in New York City, and we played midnight hockey in Central Park. He played in this league, and you go out. It was fucking February. We went out. It was like 20, 20 degrees out, and we played hockey for an hour and a half in Central Park. You know they have rinks out there, right. Woolman Rink. And we come back, and I and I was out of shape, but this but this guy's like a hockey fanatic, so I want to do it. So I come back, and I was like, I got to take a bath. So I go into the bath, and uh, and they're fucking slobs. Three brothers living together in an apartment. So I go in the bathroom, and uh, I fill it up. I get in, and I'm laying there, and I'm fucking chilling out. I'm like, oh, this feels so good. And then I see this egg drop soup, and I realize like. They all jerk off in the shower, and it was just floating. And I was like, ah! And I just like jumped up. I fucking showered for like forty-five minutes. It's so weird <laughs> that we're more terrified of jizz than virtually any other body part. Like, if I had a choice between a guy jizzing on my pants or peeing on my pants, I'd say peeing all day. Oh yeah, right? Absolutely. But, but isn't that hilarious? Isn't that weird? It's like we've decided that one fluid coming out of the dick is associated with pleasure, male pleasure, dirty men trying to come. It's <laughs> like to have that on you is like he got you. That guy got you with his seed. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. But he pee, owns you. Pee, you're just an idiot. Why are you peeing on me, man? You yeah, I, I, my, my friends have peed on me. It's happened. You know? We, when yeah, we were, if you're out in the woods. We were out in the woods, and we were at a uh, we were at a fort. We had this fort when we were teenagers. We were like thirteen, and we were we were already drinking and smoking a lot of pot when we were like thirteen. And uh, we were in this fort, and we all got shit faced. And then my friend just pulled his dick out, and he started peeing on all of us. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember having to go home that night, and, like my jeans were drenched in piss. It wasn't even mine. Of course, my mother thought it was me. That really is a difference between men and women. Girls don't go out and pee on each other, do no, they? No, no. They rarely go in the woods by themselves anyway. 
Right. Right? Just yeah. a group of girls in the woods. That's a horror movie. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Girls. Group of guys in the woods. That's normal shit. Right. A group of girls in the woods is like, what are you girls doing out here? You gotta, gotta, do you have a gun? Yeah. You can't just be in the woods. Yeah. Isn't it weird that the woods make everything scarier? Everything. Well, it's like where all the grim fairy tales start, yes. right? Well, it's all wolves would eat people in yeah, the woods. right. That's what it was. Yeah. That's when all the Little Red Riding Hood, like, we don't have to deal with that anymore. So we kind of forgot what, what can happen. Yeah. Wolves, wolves don't play by any rules. They'll eat your kids. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. And people used to have to deal with that until they wiped them out. I, it's not, I'm not an anti-wolf guy. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But that's what those fears are all about. Right. Going through the woods at night and monsters are hiding and they're trying to get you. Yeah. Everything's scarier in the woods. We've escaped the woods. We've got some nice hard surfaces and some street lights. I feel pretty good about it. I feel like we've, we're fucking holding our ground here. But every now and then a coyote will run across yeah, Burbank Boulevard. That's right. Every now and then a coyote is on Olive Street just looking around, trying to see what kind of, what kind of action you can get in this part of town. <laughs> Those fucking creeps. It's like uh, the Roadrunner. It's like, Dude. you know, the fucking coyote, man. Watch out. He's got some Acme shit. Except in the, in the Roadrunner, the coyote never wins. Yeah. In real life, they always win. Of course. They win every time. They beat me. They killed all my chickens, dude. Mm. All of them. They got them all. This was here? And, yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. They killed. You had fencing? Yes. They got in. They broke into the chicken coop. They killed nine chickens. The last remaining nine chickens. They killed. They pluck, plucked them off one at a time. Damn. With, yeah. With help from my dog at one point in time. My mastiff became friends with the coyote. <sighs> and he's way bigger than them. So they used him to break into the chicken coop. So he broke into the chicken coop and the coyotes got in the chicken coop with the dog. Like they literally tricked the dog into breaking into the chicken coop. I wonder if the Mastiff got shit from other Mastiffs. Like, dude, you're friends with coyotes? Well, you know, he just got tricked. He thought they were dogs. He thought yeah. they were his friends. Right. And my other dog's kind of an asshole, and they don't get along that good. They're both gone now, unfortunately. They're 13. Yeah. They both passed. And he, 13 is exceptionally old for a Mastiff, too. He was really hurting at the end. But he was the best dog. But he just wanted to be friends with the coyote. Yeah. The coyote's like, hey, man, let's Kill these fucking chickens. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, let's kill the chickens. Right. So, That's so hilarious. Like, so Peer we had, pressure from the coyotes. When, when this, the thing that happens with chickens where they'll be convinced that they have laid a viable egg, like they've been bred with, it's kind of sad, really. And they'll sit on an egg and they pluck all their feathers out and there's nothing, nothing ever happens, right? So there's no egg ever comes and, and turns into a chick because they're not being impregnated by roosters. Right. Which, by the way, I didn't know until I was 40. Okay? I, and I was like, oh, yeah, of course, duh. I didn't know that until I was 40. Anyway, uh, you have to take them out of the regular population and put them in a smaller coop where they have to sit up on their feet. And you do it for a few days, and they get over it. If you don't, they'll continue to pull their feathers out for like a whole cycle. And they'll do it for like 28, 30 days. And it's, it's not good for them. They're pecking at their skin yeah. and shit. So you have to separate them. So when we separated them, we put them in a smaller coop, a little small one where it has to sit up for a couple of days. And the dog just smashed that. Just got, I mean, he's 140 pounds of solid muscle and, yeah. and bone. The sweetest dog of all time, Mastiffs. They're so sweet. Like He didn't want to hurt a fly. But this coyote was like his buddy, and he was like, yeah, what a great idea. So he smashes this little chicken coop, and then the coyote, we're playing like fucking Clue or something. Me and my family are sitting around playing some board game, and we look up. I go, 
a fucking coyote's got a chicken. So the coyote's running through the backyard with a chicken in its mouth. And I see it. We had, they had a f- fence in the backyard where the coyote jumped over that was about five feet, five five feet, five inches maybe, something like that. Yeah. That coyote went like this. Da-ding! Like it was nothing. No shit. You oh, can't yeah, they got believe those big... how agile they are. Yeah, their back legs are like springs. With a chicken in its mouth, dude. I mean, yeah. it leaped up into the air, touched the top of the five-foot thing like it was nothing, and then bounced right over it and, and landed on the ground so gracefully. Yeah. Like, I had to admire it. Yeah. I mean, I know it just killed my chicken, but I'm like, whoa, look he at that thing. Yeah. But, dude, you when you have kids and you see those fucking things, you just go, wait, what, what is stopping that from eating a baby? Right. Nothing! Right. Nothing's stopping that from eating a baby. You leave a baby in the yard, a coyote will steal it and jump over the fence with it. Understand yeah. that. Right. Fortunately, human beings don't leave their fucking babies by themselves. Yeah. But if you did... Dude, we were in South Africa one time, and we were, we were taking a hike down to the, uh, the Cape of Good Hope, which is like the point. It's like the western point of Africa. And uh, they have baboons there. It's like a <laughs> baboon fucking forest. <laughs> and so we're like, should we, we? There's a park ranger there, and we're like, should we be scared? And he's like, you guys are fine, but if you put your my son at the time was about three or four, so like, if you put him down, they're gonna take him. <laughs> Just like that, we we're like, fuck. Could you imagine so we carried watching him all the your way down. baby get snatched by? A baboon, mm. which is like a dog monkey. Yeah. Right? They're the weirdest ones. Yeah. Because they kind of have like a dog face almost and yeah. giant canines. Right. Do you know they're so smart that they train dogs? Baboons do? Baboons train dogs. Oh, no shit. They steal puppies. They bring the puppies into their little camp and they feed them. And that way the puppy barks whenever anything's coming near so they can go to Whoa, sleep. Oh, no shit. Dude. And they eat babies. Yeah. Damn. What? what the fuck, man? It's crazy video, too. You see these b- baboons dragging these puppies by their tail, just dragging them. And then the try, puppy tries to get away. Sit the fuck down. Just put them down. The puppy doesn't know what to do. The puppy's yiping. They give them some food. Bro, they're like little demons. They train dogs. They're strong as shit, They're too. super strong. There's a really, really interesting... Um, guy out of uh, Stanford, uh, Professor Robert Sapolsky. And uh, we were really fortunate enough to get him to talk on the podcast about um, a bunch of different things, one of them being parasites that control behavior of uh, certain uh, animals and cats and stuff called toxoplasmosis. But another thing is that he studied baboons for like a long time, like years. He studied the same pack. He would go back to Africa and study these same baboons over and over again. And while he was studying them, there was a case where a really crazy thing had happened where poisoned food had gotten into the dump and these uh, baboons had eaten the poisoned food. And because the alphas always ate first, they got the poisoned food and they died off. Oh. And uh, something like that. I hope I'm not fucking this up. But some, there was some sort of a shift because of eating poisoned food where the, the really aggressive males were gone. And then the males just started like grooming each other and hanging out. It was like the, the hairstylists won. I mean, it's really crazy. It's like, it's like the baboons who were like more chill. Like, hey, man, we don't have to yeah. kill babies. Let's just go raid the dumpsters. Those right. baboons survived. And then the crazy thing is many generations later, 
that same behavior, the shift in behavior was still observed. There wasn't so much like super aggressive, angry, tooth and claw males that are dominating everyone else. It was more like cooperation and, and, wow. and working with each other. Yeah, it's crazy shit. I know I'm butchering it, so apologies to uh, Professor Sapolsky. He's amazing. His stuff about this guy. So Sapolsky maybe there's something is, to this Me Too movement. If we castrate <laughs> yeah, well, all aggressive men. Well, I have a bit where I talk about hyenas. And like matriarchal animal societies, hyenas, yeah. the, the females are particularly vicious. I don't want to do the bit, but one of the reasons why they're vicious is because the men are bitches. All right. They're all hee hee and they're yeah. running away and there's lions <laughs> everywhere. They can't be strong. Yeah. Right. So the females got more powerful right. and they, they took over the society. That happens in all sorts of ecosystems. We have this idea that the males have to dominate because we dominate now. Right. In nature, like we're we are not a single-celled organism, right? We're not a primate that has hair all over its body anymore. We're some new thing. Well, we became this new thing because we adapted, right? Something happened. There was natural selection. There was random mutations, and then boom, human being in 2020. But that doesn't mean this is the same thing as a human being in 3020 or 4020 or 10,020. We we might be turning into a totally different thing, and it seems like we are to me. I mean, if you just look at the difference between, like, uh, like this, this uh, dope-ass chimpanzee skull um, that uh, um, this dude made for me, man. Uh, Shane it's against awesome. the machine on Instagram. He made that uh, army helmet head too. But the the point is, like, this thing is fucking way stronger than us. Yeah. This thing is like it might look kind of like us, but it would tear us to pieces. Like, mm. It's it, even if it's like close to the same weight as us, it's so impossibly strong. Like right. you can't even imagine it. So we're not that anymore. Something right. happened. Something happened, right? Something happened. We we stopped being this ridiculously strong, murderous omnivore. Right. And we became a human being, which seems to be way more calm, except in big bursts of rage, you know, mass shootings. Well, it's and, like in the, in that book Sapien when when we went from being uh, was it Neanderthal to to uh, Homo sapien. That they, they existed at the same time. Yes, yeah. And that actually the, the Neanderthal is way stronger, way faster, bigger. Yeah. But bigger brain, too. Oh, did it have a bigger brain? Yeah, I think. So, wait, so I thought is that the, true? I thought the sapiens. I thought that's true. I thought Homo sapiens outthunk, outthought, outthunk. I think they think they did because I, I think they think that the uh, larger brain, if I remember correctly, was correct, uh, connected to the mass of the bodies. The bodies are very massive. Like, right. They were like. My height, it was like a really tall male, like 5'8". tall brains, bigger, not necessarily better. But they were like 210 pounds. Yeah. They were just built different than us. And not tall, right? No, no, no. They were short, wide, thick-ass fucking crazy thick bones. Like their bone structure was very dense. They, they had like real, like the difference between human, like homo sapien bones and neanderthal bones you look at them like damn these motherfuckers were sturdy yeah you know right yeah, you could see it does it have something difference. to do with that the homo sapiens were able to get into trees and get into places where they could escape see the, in those images right there they look pretty similar other than the uh shape of the head yeah and right? the, hip, the, the hips are lower yeah but the bones don't look too much well it's shorter but the bones don't look too much bigger right other thing i had seen something where it was talking about the the mass of the bones that they were uh larger Right. In different proportions than Homo sapiens. 
it's just crazy that there's been a bunch of different kinds of people, man. Once you really wrap your head around that, and what are, what are those ones in Russia that are still trying to figure out? The Denisovans? Oh, I think yeah. That's, yeah. Right. And then there's a few of them. The Homo floriensis, that little hobbit man that mm-hmm. lived in the oh, island yeah. of Flores. That's a human. Yeah. That's a weird little human being. Right. Dude, there's been a bunch of us. No, it's true. If you think about, you know, God, God willing, this species goes forward. As far as you say, 10,000. I mean, can you imagine in the year 10,000? It's almost like when you look at all those movies like um, E.T. or any of those, it's always a it's a bigger head, a smaller body, and big fingers because it's just a fucking keyboard. Yep, yep. I mean, you think about it, when E.T. was made, there wasn't even really computers being used on a regular basis at that point. Right. But they sort of figured out that's what it's going to be. Do you remember that Matthew Broderick movie, War Games? No. Do you want to play a game? It was like in a oh, computer right, console. Right, right. Yeah. Thermonuclear war. Like yeah. he, he played thermonuclear war with a computer. Yeah. That's what I remember that's what people thought. Like, oh my God, computers are gonna take over. Yeah. They were kind of right. They just didn't see it coming like this. What do you mean there kind of? You don't think they're Oh uh... yeah, they're definitely right. I'm I just it's not like uh, computers are starting nuclear wars and tricking society. Right. But once once they do, once they realize how p- fucked up our priorities are you know once uh once computer one thing you have to say about though this coronavirus thing this is a good example of people who are at least like the compliance of the 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 country the total compliance it's not perfect but it's pretty fucking incredible right pretty fucking incredible you got the whole country to shut down for a month for a virus and just kind of hang out and just no, no one goes anywhere. You go to the supermarket, minimal movement, you know. Couple just states, chill. couple yeah. states are holding out. Couple states. I think Mississippi is like, fuck it, we gonna keep on living <laughs> the way we do. I think it was Alabama. I think Alabama. They're they're is that see if it's Alabama was the quote that said we're not California. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, so re- silly. you realize what we represent to the deep south? <laughs> we are the fucking yeah, man. annoying like yeah. The little snowflake state. Oh, for sure, dude. Meanwhile, we're not at all. No, this no, is no. fucking. There's a lot of tough people in California's got a lot of right wingers, also. Yeah, man, a lot. Alabama governor refuses to issue shelter in place order. <laughs> we are not California. Look at her. God bless her She's heart. She's 80 years old. Bless her heart. <laughs> it's all COVID 19. Kay Ivy said during a news conference on Thursday she would not issue a shelter in place order. That 21 other states have enacted to prevent further spread of COVID-19. Y'all, we are not Louisiana. We are not New York State. We are not California. Oh, okay. You got to publish that whole statement. You got to publish that whole statement. You can't just say we are not California. See, that's a little sneaky. Yeah. It's a little sneaky. Right. But I get it because you can't have the whole thing in the title of a story. Right. Now everything's clickbait. Everything's but that's clickbait. a good clickbait. We're not California. Yeah. But we're not Louisiana. Not so clickbait, is it? No. That's like, what are you saying? You're not yeah. Louisiana. What the fuck does that mean? It's so funny that pe- the, the South has these, st- and then it goes back to the Civil War. I mean, the statewide identity is so powerful. You think about how Texans think of themselves. They are Texans before they are the before they are Americans. Oh yeah. And it's like that in most southern states. And it's like, you know, that's what the fucking war was fought about. Yeah, but it's Texas more than any of the other ones now. Yeah. Texas is a totally different country. Right. I'm a hundred percent on board with that. It's a different country. Yeah. 
It's Texas. They got their own economy. They're a republic, too. They were, for the longest time, they, they could have bailed. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, and they're the ones who had to fight off the Comanches, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, when I read this book, um, what, what, was it, what is the, uh, the Gwyn novel, Empire of the Summer Moon? Uh, this Native American book I, I read, uh, actually listened to it on audio, I don't want to lie, um, but it's amazing. And it's all about the Comanches and the, the Comanche Indians and the Texas Rangers, which were created to try to combat the Comanches. This guy moved to Texas and started reading up on the history of uh, American uh, Indian and uh, settler combat and all, all the different crazy right. shit that went on during those days. And he's like, what in the fuck? These Comanches just ran this place for hundreds of years. No shit. They were like the first ones to figure out horseback. Yeah. That was Texas. So the Texas Rangers were the first successful guys against the Comanche. And they basically fought like the Comanche. They fought on horseback. They didn't dress like regular soldiers. They grew their hair out long. They're just savages. Yeah. And they were our savages. And they right. went out and fought the savages at the Savage Game. Right. And that's like what established Texas. That's a deeply rooted, independent place. Like, hey, oh, yeah. fuck you. We carved this fucking place out. Yeah. Dude, there's a book. I just just finished this book about that exact time. It was about uh, the Rangers when they first went down into Mexico. Because it's a book by um, uh, Cormac McCarthy called Blood Meridian. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that it's book. It's fucking brutal. Yeah. Dude, it's about these these Texas Rangers. They go into Mexico, and they get paid per scalp. Oh, Jesus So it's Christ. just like, it's just detailing. And it's based, it's based on a true story. It's about this group that goes down in there, and they lose it. It's like, it's like Heart of Darkness. They go down there, or, you know, um, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. They go down there, and they, they start going after tribes that are attacking Americans and then eventually they realize they're just making money for scalps. They go after fucking peaceful societies, Whoa. kids, mm. fucking and it, it they were just they would go in and they would pick up babies and smash them against rocks and I mean it, everything is detailed about how it really was but um, and Cormac McCarthy like dude that guy can fucking write. God damn. That wasn't that long ago. No this was the 1860s. Right. Yeah, that's really close. Yeah. If you think about the difference between life now and then. But again, you know, look at what's going on with the cartels in Mexico. Mm. I mean, there's giant swaths of Mexico just totally controlled by the cartels. If you're a person who lives in that town, like, yeah, shit out of luck. No one's going to no one's going to come rescue you. No one's going to help you. Now, there's no government. There's no police. Right. Yeah. Right there. Man, you want to talk about fucking heroic people. How about guys that will stay in the local police and try to fight against these cartels? Journalists in Mexico that'll write about the cartels. You got to, that's a death sentence. And then you think about these immigrants that are coming to this country, and it's like, you know, there was a time where we really did honor the idea that if you were a refugee from a war torn country whose life was in danger, that would there was that was a reason to get into this country, and it's very, it's very hard for them to figure out at the border who's who and who's telling what story. But you know, you go to a lot of places in you know El Salvador, Nicaragua. I mean, they are literally fleeing for their lives when they leave their towns. Yeah, that's right next door. Yeah, it's, we got this weird idea that that's far enough away. I know. 
I know. It's real weird. Yeah. Because it's in, in a lot of ways, it's like any disaster that can happen, you know, you almost should have saw it coming. Yeah. Like almost every crazy disaster, like you almost should have saw it coming. Like why, why are they still building houses that get torn apart by hurricanes? Mm. Isn't it possible to build a house that doesn't get torn apart by hurricanes? Yeah, but economically it's not really wise. It's like too, it's too hard. When you see houses getting torn apart by hurricanes, like you get it, it's a resource issue. But part of you is like, man, as human beings, like we know how to make houses that survive hurricanes, now, right? Don't we? Yeah, they make some hurricane-proof houses, right? Yeah. Why don't they like retrofit houses for hurricanes? I get it, It'd be super expensive. But when you see like the amount of money that they have now with this st- stimulus package, I hate to say it, but it does bring forth a lot of the ideas that people like Bernie Sanders talk about. Where it's like you've got all this money to help people when the shit hits the fan. Right. But why didn't you have all this money to help people like get out of a bad situation? Or why right. didn't you have all this money to help stimulate inner cities that are economically depressed? Why does it have to wait until the entire country is yeah. shut down for a month that you realize like we gotta give these people some fucking money? Like, where's this money coming from, man? Right. <laughs> what are you doing with it? It's almost like on a, on a micro level, you can look at your own family for a lot of people. Like I know with me, it's like I'm on the road more than I probably want to be sometimes because yeah. I'm always like, I got a kid in college. I got to save money. I got to. And now that I'm not working at all for possibly a long fucking time. I mean, comedians, we're going to be one of the last people back in the workforce because it, it's going to it's going to demand that people trust getting back into groups again. I refuse to let you call it the workforce, us being a part of the workforce. <laughs> I fucking refuse. I'm thinking of people out there working in right. kitchens and yeah. fucking carrying big you don't garbage bring a lunch bags out to the dumpster. Those folks, the funny bone? people who are doing things they don't want to do for money, you are the ones in the workforce, and thank you. No, but just in terms of money, I think about like I'm fine. Yeah. You know, I we're we're tightening right. up, keeping it simple, and I'm realizing in a way, as far as my family goes, never been happier with my family. Never felt closer. We're having amazing memories. We're having we yeah. do yoga as a family every other night. We have dinners, we take turns cooking it. We play, did fucking jigsaw puzzles. It's amazing, and I wouldn't be doing that right now if there wasn't a pa- goddamn pandemic going on. That's that's true, right? It's like a little bit of a reset in terms of the 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 time that you have and like what it's what's worth what to you. Right. Like what is it? What do you want? Do you want a bigger house? Do you want more property? Do you want more this? Do you, or do you want more happiness? Yeah. Cuz for a lot of people like you keep chasing more and more money, but it's not necessarily making you happier. Because you're just doing it for the money. It's not like money that came along while you're doing what you loved. Yeah. And so for a lot of us, when you're chasing things, like, why are you doing it? Mm. And sometimes you stop or you're forced to stop. Like, we're forced to stop. And then you, you go, why? Am I just living on momentum? Did I never assess whether or not it's smart to be flying all the time right. and always tired from it? Coming in on Sunday, just fucking exhausted all the time instead of just waking up? Like, now I'm just waking up. I know. Isn't and I'm like, it weird? Oh, no jet lag. Look, I just wake up. Yeah. You wake up, and I'm like, look, I'm awake. Working it, it out. Is, it is so weird after 30 years of doing stand-up yeah. to not fucking go out at all. I yeah. mean, I've never gone. I don't think I've ever gone more than two or three weeks without doing stand-up. And really, I rarely, rarely do 
less than four nights a week. Yeah. And to not do it at all now for two weeks straight, three weeks straight, What's whatever it's been. What's the longest you've ever done where you didn't do it before? I would say probably three to four weeks. I remember the first time I took a big break, I had knee surgery. <clears throat> I had uh, my ACL reconstructed. My left knee, the first one I ever got. And uh, I was two weeks out, like no stand-up for two weeks. Then I finally did it on crutches. I'm like, I am doing a fucking stand-up. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just, I'm getting up there. Yeah. Like, with cr- with crutches on, I did stand-up. I was right. like, I'm not stopping. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Two weeks was too much. I was freaking out because I wasn't that good back then either. So two weeks is like, you know, that's like, that was probably like 91 or something like that. Uh-huh. That's like touch and go back then, man. So how are you dealing with... This shift in the paradigm, because for us, it's not just it. It's like we are receiving accolades. We are getting positive energy thrown at us in the form of laughter. Um, how are you dealing with like your psyche in 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 the loss of that? Oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting question. That doesn't seem to be affecting me at all. Um, I guess maybe because I've been able to do the podcast still. Yeah, but also because uh, I'm one of those uh, people that. I I, I've, I very highly value um, recognizing the reality of the moment and accepting it. I think it's very important, very important to to not dwell and freak out about things that you have zero control over. Mm. This is clearly something we have zero control over. The whole world shut down, and I think in those opportunities, sometimes it gives you a moment to reflect and go, okay, like. How do I feel about everything? How am I? You know, what what am I doing? Like, if this if this really is this temporary existence, am I doing it in the most uh, pleasurable way, the most enjoyable way, the most fulfilling and loving way? Like, how am I doing this the right way, yeah. or am I just doing this the way I've been doing it because I'm on this momentum kick of you know you're constantly doing more and constantly doing right. bigger places and constantly traveling and okay, that's all fun, no doubt about it. That stuff's fun, but it, what's the right balance right mm-hmm. there's like a there's a health and enjoyment balance that you have to recognize and family and community balance too like we're all forced to like hang out with each other you know even if we're doing it like social distance style we're kind of forced to be around each other all the time mm-hmm. it's good yeah it's good it's what we we're supposed to be that's how people are supposed to live we're supposed to live around each other all the time and support <laughs> each other yeah, and that's what communities take used to care be. of each other when somebody's down like what can i do i mean that's like one of the first impulses a lot of people are feeling is all right first and foremost take care of my own yeah. and then the second feeling which is almost as strong is like who how can i help other people community yeah, yeah. our feeling of community it's enhanced you know one of the places that I always think of as the loneliest places is apartment buildings. Yeah. I always feel like apartments are really lonely, which is a weird feeling, right, to have when you're looking at something that has thousands of people living in one structure or hundreds of people or whatever the number might be. But I remember living in apartment buildings. I never knew any of those people. I'm like, hi, how you doing? Hey, what's up? <laughs> it's like yeah. You just go into your little door, you shut your cage, you bolt it, hey. and you hope nobody <laughs> breaks in and takes your things. You know? It's like yeah. Apartments are weird. Like you don't you don't get too tight with people that you know live next door. Especially if it's rentals. Yeah. If it's a if it's a condo where you own, people start to go like, all right, you're gonna be here for a while. We'll we'll say hi. Well, Norton, I think, owns his place and he was saying he don't know anybody. Oh really? <laughs> Maybe it's changed since the this conversation. 
that I had with him. He's like, he goes, I live with a fucking thousand people. I don't know any of them. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got a fucking pool. And he's never invited me. Like, how many times? Like, wow. kiddingly, I go like, hey, we should all come over on Sunday. Yeah, like, we'll be at the cellar. Hey, we should all come over Sunday and hang out at your pool. And he's always like, yeah, that, his voice goes up like three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> he doesn't want anyone in his fucking house. You can't come to his pool. You can't come to his dungeon, first of all. Who knows what who kinds knows? of straps and bolt-ons and who knows what kind of things. Fake feet crazy with norm. a dick insert at the bottom of it. He's so hilarious. I saw him the other day in Spider-Man. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I hate him and he stinks. Something like that. It was like some sort of, <laughs> he was talking, it was a quick, a quick blurb where they're asking him how he feels about Spider-Man. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Dude, his book is called Happy Endings. Two it's books. so fucking funny. Yeah, he wrote two books. Oh. He's like a le- Jim Norton is a legit author. Yeah. And I was saying, had a conversation with him about it. There he is. <laughs> play it. Play it. <laughs> He fucking, he got booked, his agent negotiated it, they sent the car, he got a trailer, they put on makeup, they went through wardrobe tests, and then just, he stinks and I don't like him. Okay, that's a wrap. Thanks for coming in. I bet that was maybe two takes. Maybe they asked him to do it twice, but he probably nailed it on the first one. And he'll be getting residuals for the rest of his life. He stinks and I don't like him. Wasn't a bad movie, man. I watched that. We were watching a lot of movies. You, dude, okay, here's here's something. Underrated, massively underrated. Adam Sandler movies. Sure. Adam Sandler movies are ridiculously underrated. Yeah. Ridiculously underrated. You watching me, your daughters? Dude, they're hilarious. Yeah. He, Adam Sandler has like, I don't know how many movies that are really, really funny, but surprisingly funny. Like, like, bah! Chuck and Larry, the one where he marries Kevin James for, for benefits. Oh, I didn't see that one. Dude, it is hilarious. Yeah. There's some rough moments in it where you watch and you go, whoa, you could never do this in 2020. Right, right. It's one of those movies, like, if somebody ever goes back on it and looks at it like, hey, what the fuck? But ultimately, in the end, it was like a really positive movie. But, dude, there are hilarious moments in that movie where I'm like, wow, this is really fucking funny. Yeah. Kingpin? Oh, Kingpin's but, fucking great. No, no, it's a different movie. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. I'm, oh, yeah. No, I'm just saying Kingpin is another movie yeah. that I wish I could go back and watch again, but it's a little too rough for my kids. Like yeah, rated R, right? That one. But that's another one. Like people can, you can forget how fucking funny that movie is. Yeah, I forgot how funny those Adam Sandler movies are, though. Yeah, I really did. All right. There's a lot of them, man. Waterboy is fucking hilarious. Yeah. It starts off, you're like, oh, is this going to be good? Because, you know, it's 20 years ago or whatever the fuck it was. Well, Dude. it's like, I don't know. Did people watch Laurel and Hardy back then and go like, oh, this is fucking, did it all get dismissed as being too silly? It's like, no, those guys now, you know, they, they accomplished something. They provided it's a style, something. It's a style of movie. It's a absurdist, ridiculous style. The Zohan. Yeah. It's a style of movie. Right, right. And, and he's so good at it, man. Really funny shit. Yeah. But it's weird. Like, people have this idea about what is acceptable funny and not acceptable funny. And he always got pushed into this category of, like, you know, if if critics would 
pan it. Like if you look at a lot of them, like the Rotten Tomatoes are like 14%, 15%. And then the audience is like 97. 97. Yes. Yeah, right. Dude, they're just missing what it is. Yeah. You can't want the Ramones to be Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. You know, Pink Floyd has their own style. And the Ramones had a way more, like Rock and Roll High School, it was a, a simpler, it's right. a different thing. Right. It's a different thing. Yeah. Right? Adam Sandler movies are their own thing. Yeah. They're fucking hilarious, man. I've watched well, like five of them over the last week. It kind of goes <laughs> into the genre of like Lorne Michaels has never given a shit about critics, you know? And they Smart. they take sketches and characters from the show that are funny. And starting with the first one must have been the Blues Brothers or Animal House. And they just started spinning out fucking movies from what they knew were were the kernels of something that was very funny. They yeah. started there. And so a lot of them are, you know, even like it's Pat. Like you go back mm-hmm. and watch some of those movies. They're fucking <laughs> hilarious. As long as you go in with the right mindset. Tommy Boy I watched too. Oh, yeah. You know, I never saw Tommy Boy before. Yeah. I'm like, why didn't I ever see this? It's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it, Swartzen's it a, in that, right? Yeah. Swartzen's Swartz in all these movies. Yeah. He's in everything. He's in Chuck and Larry. He's like one of the best parts of Chuck and Larry. Yeah. So he's amazing. Nick Swartzen is fucking hilarious. He's really, really, really funny. Yeah, dude. When he was like, when he first came to the New York, I can't imagine he was more than 19 or 20 years old. And he was like hanging around with, you know, all the comics. And he was just like already as funny as everybody else. He already had the confidence. <laughs> yeah. And just like the knowledge about, he's a really fucking brilliant guy. Well, he's just got a style of comedy too that's his. Yeah, you know, like his kind of punchlines. It just, it just Matt. It's him. You know, he knows how to do it. And but, he understands how to put diarrhea in a punchline. <laughs> he's in every one of these Adam Sandler movies, man. Yeah. So is Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider's in every one of them. There's so many, Norm. so many of these movies where they culturally appropriate. You're like, oh my god, you yeah, could never do right. that today. Right. Rob Schneider plays this like really, really. Um, stereotypical Japanese guy. He has Japanese eyes on. Like they they, they put makeup to change his eyes to yeah. look more like a Japanese guy. He's got a crazy bowl haircut like uh-huh. Mo from the yeah, Three Stooges. It is yeah. so racist. Right, right. Like you would never be able to do that today. It's hilarious. Yeah, but it's like, why can't you do that today? Like it's just it's just a character. It's supposed to be over the top and ridiculous. Yeah, it just doesn't mean everyone in the race is horrible. It's just like uh-huh. this is an individual yeah. that this guy chose to play. <laughs> yeah, but you, I don't think you. Could do it anymore now you take too much heat now you know what i was thinking about the other day is like i watched uh uh what was the show with that black woman in it medea no it's a tv it's a tv series with a black woman who's a british actress uh she sang at the uh oscars this year anyway what are you she's watching a, she's what a, kind of spare time oh, do you I have do you watch enough Oh, it's good. Movie where there's an opera singer. Is that what you said? It was. Uh, what kind of singing? You know, like R and B. But oh. the point is, she's a British. She's a British African. What you say there's African American and there's British. British uh, African how do British. You say that? I don't know. But she was portraying a an American woman, and you think, but is that cultural appropriation? Because she's not uh, an American black woman. Interesting. Ooh, that's a really interesting point. It's like an, a British woman who's of African descent playing an African-American. Yeah. Yeah, that's a different thing. But I think you, there's a loophole. There's a cross-pollination loophole. I think yeah. you're allowed to do that. They've both suffered. Y- yeah. You're allowed to do that. You, what you can't do is blackface. That, 
You're just pretending you're a black person from another continent. I mean, you were sold off to slavery, you know, in some European continent as well. Cynthia Irvino. Yeah, she Arri played Harriet Tubman. See, yeah, Cynthia Arrivo. And Arrivo. what was the TV show she's that amazing. she did that was so fucking good? The Outsider. Dude, she's yeah, incredible. She's dude, incredible. She's so good in the she's outside. She's incredible. Because she plays an autistic person and or someone on the spectrum. Yeah. But she doesn't overplay it. No, she nails it's it. It's very hard to play that. Not only that, she never breaks. It's like super consistent yeah. the entire time. You, you And you, you've almost like, I don't want to give away too much of that show because that show's really good. It's called The Outsider. It's an HBO series, a supernatural, scary, spooky series. Uh, but she plays this uh, savant character. I don't want to give too much of it away because you really should see it. It's it's pretty fucking incredible. But the the way she does it, like you buy, you, like you're thinking, oh, the way she thinks, she's probably thinking it this way. Like you start thinking through her, right, right. Like as she when she yeah. you, you see the character navigate like certain p perils and bad situations, you're kind of seeing it. Like, oh, what is her response yeah. going to be to this? Because you know that you know she's playing this character. You're, you're buying in, right? She's got you fully sucked in. You yeah. know how someone does that sometimes. Like you're you almost like you're thinking like they are on the screen. That's why, like, when they kick right. someone's ass, you get excited because you almost feel like you're kicking that person's ass. Yeah, there's a phrase for that in writing. I think it's called uh, the, the eyes in or something like that. Mm. And it's yeah. when, yeah, um, that that does happen, right? In a there's movies where that, like, thriller movies where that happens, where you don't know how someone's going to escape, if they're going to escape, if you know if someone's waiting for them, some shit's about to go down. You're like in that person's head, yeah. in a lot of ways, right? Like, Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's a perfect example. Yeah. When she, when it's dark out, when she can't see, and she's got the pistol, and she's trying to figure out where the fuck this guy is. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Did that? Woo! That, the way they that shot that, that, the way they shot that, where they, you know, you're convinced that she's she's going to one place, and then the FBI is going to another place, and you're convinced the FBI has got the killer. And they've got their guns drawn. They storm the house, and in a cut, in a quick cut, they go from them busting into the house. The killer's not in there. To right back to her, and you suddenly realize, oh no, she's about to walk in on the killer. That's one of the greatest fucking moments in in uh, movie history. In movie history, yeah. Dude, HBO's got a lot of good shit. There's a. There's a uh, series called My Brilliant Friend. It's an Italian, uh, it's a series of Italian books this woman Elena Ferrante wrote. They were really good. There's like four or five of them. And I read them all. And uh, and then they made this series. And it's one of the few times where it's been as good as the books are. And it's, it's in Italian. It's subtitled. But it's, which all sounds really fucking boring, but it's great. Wow. And And the woman who wrote the books, it's set in Naples, and which I guess is like a shitty part of Italy. It's like, you know, uh, kind of the ghetto of Italy. But they speak um, dialect. They call it dialect instead of Italian. So the writer wanted it to be authentic. So she only let them hire actresses from Naples, Italy, which is fucking, there's no acting community there. Yeah, I think it's a, a dialect of Italian. Yeah. Because my grandmother spoke it. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, wow. my grandmother spoke it. Oh, so she was, uh, yeah. she was poor. And they, um, they would speak it around the house, too, and they would explain to me that this is not, sometimes this is not regular Italian. Like some parts of my family knew it and some parts of my family did not knew, know it. Right. But it wasn't straightforward Italian. It was, yeah. There was some weird shit in there. Right.
So she wanted it spoken in dialect. So uh, <sighs> so they hired, they found actors from this fucking town. Whoa. And they are, I'm telling you, the two lead actresses are, they're going to win Emmys. It's fucking, they're brilliant. It, wow. Yeah. And they're just folks from the town. Yeah. Were they acting in their town? Were they doing like I'm not sure. Stuff? I'm sure they did some acting because wow. they, they have chops, but like. Dude, imagine they didn't. Yeah. All actors would feel like shit. I know. I know. <laughs> like these people just stepped up to the plate right. from a bakery yeah. and knocked it out of the fucking park. Well, that's how it was with a lot of like, I think um, Scorsese would, he, he knew Italians from Little Italy from where he grew up. Mm-hmm. And he'd put some of these guys in his movies and they were just like uh, Pussy. Big what, Pussy? Big Pussy. What's his name? Uh, the, Joey Diaz? No. What's the guy's, <laughs> what's the guy's name who played Big Pussy? God damn it. He Jamie. runs the comedy club in Vegas. Does he really? Am I thinking of the right guy? You're making up Italians. You're so racist. Um, This guy. Yes. Yeah. Salvatore. Oh, bon- Vince. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the wrong guy. It's not Big Pussy. It's the other guy. Vincent Pastor. Who's the so guy that ran uh, a comp? That was his character. So but, Vincent Pastor is the actor. But the guy Sorry that, about that, the guy that ran—he's amazing, uh, by the way. That guy's fucking incredible. Steve, Steve Sharippa. I'm thinking oh, of. Oh, you knucklehead! Who had done much that acting long before The Sopranos? He was running the comedy club, right? Like, way, way, way back in the day. And then you know who got him on first? Drew Carey. Oh no shit! Yeah, Drew Carey hooked him up. Yeah, so he'd never acted. Comes in and he's fucking brilliant. Kills he's great. it. Yeah, kills it. I mean, literally has one of the biggest roles in The Sopranos. Yeah. And nails it. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I knew Steve Shrippa from back when he ran the Riviera in Vegas. Uh-huh. I love him to death. He's got an amazing tomato sauce, by the way. Oh, no an shit. An organic tomato really? sauce. Yeah. What is the, pull up the, uh, his uh, Italian uh, tomato sauce. It's, he's got maria, mara, uh, marinara. He's got arabata sauce, that spicy, spicy sauce. Like if you get lobster fra diavolo. Yeah. That's it right there. Uncle Steve's. Oh, look at that. Arabiata. I never know how to say that. I only read it. I never. I never actually say Arbiata. that word. How do you say it? Arabiata. I don't know. But whatever. He's got Ask marinara sauce. It's uh, tomato basil. It's it's all organic too. It's really good stuff. Your grandmother still alive? No. No, my grandmother, dude. My grandmother had a stroke, and um, they gave my grandfather. They said she's got about seventy-two hours to live. She left lived twelve years. 12 years after an aneurysm. And he thought he, she had three weeks? They, they did not think she was going to make it. She made it for 12 years. So the last 12 years of my grandmother's life, when I would go to visit her, she was immobile in a bed. She couldn't remember me. No shit. Yeah. It was horrible, dude. Do you think when, when your grandfather was told she had three weeks left, do you think he threw a move on her? No. <laughs> I lived with them when I first moved to uh, to the to, to New Jersey um, from Boston. Oh, that's right. When I first yeah. had a when I ba- remember uh, when I left uh, Boston for uh, New York, I had zero money, and so yeah. I just stayed with my grandparents in Newark. And my grandmother was uh, in that state at the time, where she was bedridden. And did she, they have help, or was it just your grandfather? Taking they would. Care they would have help. They would have uh, nurses would come over and help as well. It was rough, man. Wow. It was a sobering reminder of the, the temporary nature of life. Because I remember my grandmother when I was little. She was always this powerful lady, this powerful force. Yeah. You know, she's always yelling at my grandfather, don't rush me. Don't rush me, Joe. Oh, my grandfather's yeah. name was Joe, too. Uh-huh. 
don't rush me, Joe. She just <laughs> likes to play. Get out of her way. I've talked about her before, how crazy she was in, a, in, a, in an amazing way. But yeah. my grandmother had a monkey. She had a monkey named no Chi-Chi. No shit. Yeah, Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi used to open up gum, peel open gum, stick it in his mouth and chew it. But Chi-Chi bit some folks. They had to get rid of Chi-Chi. Yeah. <laughs> but Chi-Chi lived in the, in, the, uh, garage, in the attic, rather. So when I would come over... She would have to put. They'd have to put Chi-Chi away because Chi-Chi didn't like kids. <laughs> oh, so you didn't get to play with the monkey. No Imagine being a way. kid and knowing there's a monkey Bro, in the house and no, you can't play with it. Nobody could play with that monkey. That must have been torture for you. No, I, I was scared of that little thing. That little thing. It bit somebody. I can't remember if it bit my sister or my cousin. I can't remember because we were real little at the time. Yeah. You know, probably like four or something like that. I don't, yeah. I don't remember. It bit somebody. Chi-Chi bit somebody. Damn. And then they had to put Chi-Chi away. They put. Uh, Poor Chi-Chi. I don't know what they did with him. I hey, think Chi-Chi, she, she, get in the attic, and the kids she, are coming over. She might have gave Chi-Chi away. My yeah. grandmother was the real deal, though. She made, like, homemade pasta. Oh, that's she amazing. Would, like, the whole thing with dough to flour to sauce. There was not a goddamn thing that was was not made by wow. her. Wow. Yeah. When she we grew were, up in Italy? Well, she was born in Italy, but mostly grew up in Italian neighborhoods in uh, New Jersey. Right. And um, that's where they that's where they were living when I came to visit them. That's what people don't realize. Like, you go to an Italian restaurant in L.A. It's like there's some really good ones, but it's just you can go to you can go to a fucking you go to Route Seven in New Jersey and (laughs) find a little Angelina's fucking restaurant, and it'll be the best Italian food you've ever had. Yeah, you can get some ridiculous Italian American food. That's what's interesting. It's like it's a different style of cooking, even than Italian Italian food. Mm. You know. And uh, when you go to Italy, things are, it's just the, the, a lot of the things we associate with Italian food, like the marinara sauce and the meatballs and that kind of stuff, that was more made popular over here. Like that style of Italian food, like lasagnas and shit like that, that we consider like Italian food. A lot of that was like made popular over here. When you go over there, things are more elegant. You know, having like linguine with clams and it's a perfect presentation. Yeah. And you're going to these nice restaurants and even the pizza seems different over there. Yeah. You know, but Italian Americans, it was a, a different breed because it was the the psychos that wanted to get on boats. The same with Irish Americans. They're the people that were willing to get on a boat yep. and drift across the ocean, man. Yeah. You know, we don't want to go on a fucking cruise line right now. Yeah. Right? You don't want to go on a cruise. Yeah. Now, they would come over then. on a boat. My grandfather was one of 13 kids. 12 of them came over one at a time. The family lived in a fucking three-room hut. And every time they somehow could get enough money together, they'd take one of the kids when they were like 14, put them on a boat in steerage, send them to America. They had like fucking third cousins in Montana. They had nothing. (laughs) They were coming into Ellis Island with nothing. Nothing. No like address, no fucking iPhone giving you directions on how to get out to Brooklyn. And they just kept showing up one by one and they all made it every one of them made it over here it's incredible it's insane when you think about how bad life must have sucked oh yeah in in italy and in ireland at the time and in england as well that people were willing to just hop on a boat and take a risk yep no video no photographs you know that mm-hmm. there's no photographs until like the late 1800s so a lot of these people, they're just guessing. The people yeah. that came over here in the 1700s, the 1800s, just guessing. Yeah. Just guessing what's over there. Right. Well, you, got a, you got a drawing for me so I can risk my life and my baby? Can you show me a drawing? This is a mango forest. Yeah. All the mangoes you want. <laughs> All right. 
Get the baby. Let's get on the boat. <laughs> Let's drift across the fucking ocean while we're drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Let's kill a few people along the way. Not knowing what oh diseases are going to be there when you get there. Bro, they were all diseases. Yeah. You know, that was uh, one of the things that uh, uh, Dr. Peter Hotez was on the podcast yesterday. He was explaining quarantine. And he was saying that essentially, like, when a, a boat would come into a harbor, the word quarantine came from 40 days. They had to leave these people on the boat for 40 days oh, to make quarant. sure they weren't. I never yeah, thought of that. To make sure they weren't infected with the plague. So that's how they handled it back then. Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, this is nothing new. People, but back then, they didn't even know when the plagues were coming or what it was or how to avoid it or what are the symptoms. Yeah. There's no vaccines. There was no vaccines. Imagine no vaccines for fucking smallpox. Mm. Imagine that. Like, it's just going to storm through and disfigure everybody. Sorry. No, you know what they used to do is uh, they would go around with a corpse of somebody that died from smallpox and they would... In, they would uh, inject you with it, with a little some cells from the corpse. They would go what? door to door with a wagon with a corpse in the back of it, and they would give you injections. No. Yeah. How many people did that give smallpox to? I don't know, but I guess if you give a small amount, it they realized that it worked as a, a vaccine. A, a vaccine if you really? gave a very small amount. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Did was that effective? I imagine some people died from it if it wasn't done right. And then, we have to figure that out. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. See if we can find... <laughs> Jamie's the fastest one-handed Googler on planet Earth. <laughs> We're not going to say what he does with his other hand. He's switching. Yeah. <laughs> He's jerking off in the tub. So this would be... I typed in injections with corpses. Nothing quite came up right away. Like on wagons, you said, or something like that? You know, yeah, I remember watching uh, HBO did this special about uh, John Adams. And uh, in Boston, and there was a scene from it where they were going through town with a wagon with a corpse in it, shooting people. When did when was the when is the first vaccine? Like when was that? I don't know. If you had a guess, like what was the polio vaccine? Well, what year was that? That's not the first one, but that's the most. Uh, like, who knows a guy who made a vaccine more than anyone knows Jonas Salk? Smallpox was the first one. Yeah. Really? Mm. First vaccine. And uh, what year was it? 1796. Holy shit. They had a vaccine in 1796? So that must be exactly what it was. Yeah. What did they know in 1796? Dude, you imagine getting your leg broken back then? Fuck! Yeah. The odds that you had a doctor that knew what the oh, fuck they were doing. God. There was no good medical schools in 1796. And like you were... read about guys getting their medical degrees in like a year. <laughs> you know, it's always like John Hancock. Yeah, he had a medical degree. He had a law degree. All, all by the time months. he was 21 years old. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know anything. My well, lawyer sucks. <laughs> what do you do if they're bleeding? Uh, try to stop the blood from uh, all leaking out. <laughs> Get a rag. Dude, whenever I think about old school doctors, I think about the scene in The Wolfman with Benicio Del Toro where they're running exams on him in one of those uh, medical theaters. Yeah. You know, you know, they used to have medical theaters where people would sit in the stands and look down and watch people perform operations. Oh, yeah. So students could just sit there. People could just sit there and watch. It was like a theater. Right. Coughing. How fucking weird is that? Right. I mean, the, the, in the Wolfman movie, that's when Benicio Del Toro becomes the Wolfman in front of all these people. They got them all strapped in. 
but the uh, the people that are in that audience, they're just gawkers. Yeah. Just sitting there watching some guy saw some dude's leg off. Ah, 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 ah. They got him biting down on leather and shit. Dude, Fuck. What, what would you pay to do that, though? Sit in that audience. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't want to see that. You'd be so freaked out. But, I mean, people go to see horror movies. They want to get freaked yeah, out. Yeah, but that's not real. I know. Part that's of what's fun about horror this is like part of what's fun about horror movies is it's not real violence. Yeah. You know, I had a conversation with that about that with uh Hugo Martin. He's uh, the creative director for Doom, this which is Doom Eternal, this is a new uh video game. And th in the video game, the Doom Eternal first of all looks insane. It looks so good, but the gore is so over the top. Like you're ripping people's heads off and blood spraying. They're all like zombie people. Yeah. You're like cutting them in half with a chainsaw, like crazy shit, blowing them up. And he was like, because it's so, so over the top. It's, it's cartoonish. Yeah. It's less disturbing than like if it was more realistic. And I was right, like, uh, right, right. Okay. Yeah. I was like arguing it a little bit, but I've been thinking about it a lot. Like whether or not that makes any sense. Like it's one of those no, that's thoughts why, that's like, stuck in my head. Yeah, it's like Tarantino movies. Like, you know, yes. in that scene where they uh, they have that sword fight in that Chinese restaurant. Which one's Kill Bill? And Kill Bill. Um, when, and uh, Uma Thurman is just fucking slaying. And there's, there's like four inches of blood on the floor when oh, she's yeah, done. That's right. Because it's right. a comic book. So it right. doesn't, after a while, you're kind of laughing. Dude, his movies are so hyper violent. Yeah. I forgot. When we were talking recently about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the scene in the end when, you know, people are just getting smashed. Yeah. It's like, whoa, you forgot. Yeah. You forgot, like, some of the scenes that that guy's put in movies. Right. But but is that less disturbing somehow than something that's, like, more realistic violence? I don't know. Like, is that more disturbing? Here's a perfect example than Silence of the Lambs. The Silence of the Lambs, that scene with Jodie Foster in the end was so realistic. Yeah. Like, you re you really felt trapped with her. You're like, fuck. Like, something real. But did you re feel like that when you're watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, you're watching, right. like, spectacle. Right, right. Like, right. you enjoyed it. It was great. It was a yeah. great movie. But it was, like, spectacle more than I'm, I have genuine anxiety because I'm worried what's going to happen to her. Right. Yeah, there's a movie called Wait Until Dark that was made back in, like, the 60s. And it was... uh. No violence. Nobody gets even slapped in the face, and it's the scariest movie you've ever watched in your life. Really? It's about this uh, blind woman, and she's going through customs, and somebody, somebody like, sticks heroin in her luggage, so she brings it home, and now they got to go and get the heroin from her. And so they, she's blind, and she lives alone, and so they sneak into her apartment, and it's all about her trying to defend herself, and so she, she... Turns off all her, she smashes all her light bulbs, so she's on even footing with them. So they're trying uh, to find her in the dark, and it's like, it's fucking amazing. If you're looking what's for, it a, again? wait until dark. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I found, I couldn't find uh, like verbiage of it, but I actually found the scene from the John Adams thing oh. where they're showing. Right. Uh, I guess this would be a interpretation of what inoculation was like. Whoa! They're carrying around on a uh, wagon. This guy is oh, it's not a corpse. Box. He's still alive. Yeah. So they scrape some pus off of him, and then they inject it into people. Jesus Christ, Jamie! Yeah, and she he cuts a little hole in her arm. Oh my God! 
For those uh, that want to watch this on YouTube, I'm not showing this. Just look up smallpox inoculation, John Adams, HBO, you'll find wow, it. Wow, that is goddamn crazy. Ugh. You know, that's interesting that oh. that's how they used to do it because uh, was it a po- the polio vaccine? It was one of the vaccines where you got a big scar from it. I actually have a scar. Oh, the, is on it my round? left shoulder. It's like a, like a sort of a slice. Oh, no shit. Yeah, yeah. I had it from the time I was a baby. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah, like a little slice. Damn. Yeah. That was from a vaccine that I got when I guess I was a baby. I think it was a polio vaccine. Or was it smallpox? Is that a smallpox? It's a small I typed in polio, but mm, whatever it was. Soon we're all gonna have hopefully up. we're gonna have a mark from a fucking coronavirus, uh, coronavirus vaccine. They say a year to a year and a half. Yeah. Stop yeah. Whatever is stopping people from uh, funding medical research, I hope they open up the floodgates now. Yeah, right. I hope they realize, like, hey, you need more of these guys, and they need a lot more money, and they need to be way ahead of this shit. Well, yeah, because this is one pandemic. There mm-hmm. are a mul- multiple different scenarios of how this happens again. Sure. Well, there was another guy that died recently on a bus that they identified as having a completely different coronavirus in China, but he got a virus that specifically hasn't jumped from human to human. It's only jumped from rats to humans. Mm. And the way it jumps from rats to humans is by ingesting animal feces or animal urine yeah. or you know, animal fluids. Right. So this guy ate, somehow or another got some live bat fluid in his body um, and, and was dying on this bus. And they pull the guy off, and he tests positive for a totally different coronavirus that's killing him. What do you think would happen? Like, imagine some guy gets corona, and he's got it fucking bad. Systems are shutting down. This is it. He's going to die. And he wants to have sex again, but he doesn't want to get anybody sick. Jesus Christ. So he fucks his dog. Oh, my God. And then, like, all the symptoms go away. And he realizes, like, he's found the cure. And now he has this moral obligation. Like, does he call the CDC and say, hey, I'm kind of embarrassed to tell you guys this, but I think I cracked it. And what if it's only his dog? What if everybody has to come to his house and fuck his dog? We tried fucking a bunch of different dogs. There's, there's no way to recreate this thing unless we fuck Marty. Marty? But I fuck Marty. No, we're all going to have to fuck Marty. There's a, a train of people every day outside of yeah, Marty's you're, house. You're trying to trying to breed Marty. So they're trying fuck to do, the puppies. They're trying to do calculations on how many pumps it takes to cure you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't let people pump too many times. Poor know. Marty needs a break. Does it help if he blows you? I put peanut butter in my dick. See what happens. No, no, no. Everybody's like, the pounds are empty. Everybody's everybody's adopting dogs. <laughs> <How> fucking dogs. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Look, biology is so weird, man. I wouldn't be, that wouldn't even be that shocking. Right. That's the way a, a disease gets cured. You have to fuck an animal. Yeah. How's it any weirder than some of the shit that that's real? How's it any weirder than uh, some of these parasites that uh, you ever seen those videos of frogs that have the parasites in their eyeballs and they're swimming around their eyeballs? Oh it's no shit! So creepy, man. Really? Yeah, they're getting eaten from the inside out oh. by these parasites that are in their eyeballs. So this poor frog is sitting there, and these these worms are squirreling all around, like yeah. visibly under its eyeballs. Yeah. Fuck, man. Dude, my brother-in-law, he's a cinematographer. He shoots nature stuff, so he goes, like, deep into the Amazon. He shot oh. He shot the first live uh, 
I want to say rhino or hippopotamus birth ever look that, filmed. Look at that poor frog. Holy shit. Dude, nature doesn't give a fuck. Nature is just going to war 24-7, finding new ways to fuck up animals, testing their systems. Damn. Breaking through and establishing dominance inside this poor fucking creature's eyeball. Wow. Bro. Shut that down, Jamie, please. So my brother-in-law was in, he was in the Amazon. He was shooting, I think it was the first live hippo or rhino birth. And he comes back and he's visiting us out out in California and he's got this, uh, he's got this bump on his arm and it's got a red line running up his arm, which means there's some kind of a bad infection. Right. So they shoot him up full of antibiotics. They say, you'll be fine. So he's driving up the, up the PCH, going up to Malibu with his family and uh, he's poking at it. He's, he's trying to pop it like a zit and all of a sudden the thing just fucking explodes and this being, this creature fucking flies out of him <gasps> and lands on the floor of the car and is like looking around this like little creature and the kids are fucking going ah! and he's like he's like it fucking jumped out of me and like they're freaking out and they uh they brought it to the tropical disease spe- they brought it to he went to the hospital and say what the fuck is this they sent it to the uh tropical disease specialist and they found out it was a bat fly larva oh bat fly Bottleflies. Yeah. Yeah. Bottleflies are disgusting. It uses you as a host. Don't turn that on, baby. (laughs) Come on, play that. Look at that that super zit. There's a a crazy Netflix documentary on rats that has a a rat that's infected with a botfly, and it's like, you know, 20% of its neck. Yeah. The thing is, it's enormous, huge fucking. Oh, God, they're extracting it. (sighs) Whoa, look at that. Yeah, and it's got a little head. How weird, man. That little fucker was living inside that guy's body. Yeah. Ugh. And so they come out. So look at that, man. Well, that thing can't look around, though. It flies out? Doesn't it just come out as a larva like that? Maybe it's because he was squeezing it. That it flew away? But it shot shot out. When does it uh, become a bot fly? Like it's a larva? uh, So it looks like it... How it it turns buries into itself into the ground and then becomes, that, that, come on, man. How's that any different than a monster? Right. Look at that. It's just little. It's a monster. Like the whole insect world is the scariest horror movie that's ever existed. The scariest monster movie ever is the yeah. whole insect world. We right. are so lucky that like spiders, black widows and tarantulas, we're so lucky that they're little. Yeah. So lucky. So the radiation starts. Dude, we would have no chance. Yeah. you imagine if praying mantises were the size of horses? Just running around snatching people out of their Priuses? Yeah. Tipping over the fucking car and pulling the people out of the back seats? We'd all be armed. You'd have all kinds of firearms on you you all the time. You'd have to have a really high caliber rifle to penetrate the exterior shell. Of a praying praying mantis. mantis, If it was at scale. And you probably wouldn't even hurt it that much. Oh, they're extracting it. Look at this. Oh. Yo. And look how they have to do it kind of slowly. They have to slowly ease it out. Oh, my God. Look at the size of that thing that's in this person's calf. That's the thing about, like, being in the jungle. Forget about the fucking tigers and the panthers. How about... Bro. The bot flies. Look how big this is. 
Oh Damn. my god. Oh my god, dude. Look how big that is. Oh, I'm nauseous. I just got nauseous. Look at that dirty hippie that's that's <sighs> getting this treatment. They have those uh wrist wrist bracelets. He's pulling out a like second macrame. one. No. Look at the bracelets. That's all there is. Hold on. Or something. You almost deserve a bot fly if you wear those bracelets. <laughs> Look at that. Here's a second uh, bot fly. All right, I'm good on oh that. Oh my god, there's more than one bot fly. Jesus Christ, look at the size of this fucking thing. Look at the size. This is the second one in this hole. Oh, my God. What the fuck, man? That's so insane. That's so insane. Wow. That's gross. We used to go out. When I was a teenager, we used to go to this golf course, and we would, we would look for golf balls in the woods. And then we would sell them back to the pro shop for like 50 cents a ball. And uh, and then we realized like the ponds, everybody was hitting their fucking balls into the lakes and the ponds. And so we would go, we'd go in bathing suits and you would step and it would go like up to your knees in silt, just mud. And you would feel around with your feet for the balls and you'd reach down and pull them up and you could get dozens of balls just walking around. And then we'd get out and we'd have fucking leeches all over our calves. And we would just uh, take alcohol, put it on, and, and yank them off. And you're a teenager. You don't give a shit. Just mm. fucking no problem. Ugh. You ever get a leech? No. No, I've been lucky. I've never been bit by a, a dangerous snake. I've, I've, I've had some spider bites, but never by like a black widow or anything like that. Yeah. I've seen a lot of snakes, though, man. Rattlesnakes are freaky. Uh, Brendan Schaub just found one on a hike. He sent me a picture and a video of this fucking thing. Oh, yeah? Huge rattlesnake on a hike. Wow. I was like, what? What is that, man? Yeah. Look at that thing that's just hanging around that can kill you. <laughs> yeah. Or how about the big ones now <clears throat> in the Florida Everglades? Those uh, oh, pythons? Pythons. Yeah. Well, this is how dumb we are in California. Those things are valuable. Okay, they're an invasive species that's destroying. You want to talk about the destruction of an ecosystem. The way pythons have decimated life in the Everglades is kind of like a little bit of an open secret. Like all the biologists are aware of it. Yeah. They, they've done these studies on deer and all these different mammals and all these different things. And the populations are ridiculously reduced, yeah. like almost down to nothing. Like wow. they don't, you don't find raccoons anymore. You don't find a lot of the animals that you used to find in the Everglades anymore. No and shit. They, they also eat alligators. They, they've taken to eating alligators. Yeah. So what do we do in California? You can't buy python because python is an exotic species we don't want to encourage people to use that as a skin that is a, a deer and raccoon and squirrel eating demon from another continent yeah and it lives in florida and if you made it valuable you fucking knuckleheads right. people would go in there and kill those fucking things and bring the natural ecosystem back into balance why aren't they killing them because they're assholes first of all because you can't even sell them in California. Two, because it's hard. It, it should be valuable. They should yeah. be valuable. It should be something that we look. If you leave them there, you're you're saying fuck all these other animals. Let's let this demon snake that's supposed to exist on another continent and has no natural enemies here. Let's let that thing just wander through the fucking swamps and kill everything in its path. Let's just do that. But like, or I'm not, sell it. But I'm not a hunter. But I would think if you're a hunter, wouldn't it feel noble to actually go and help the Everglades? It's dangerous, though. That's dangerous. Like, that's not just regular hunting. You're hunting monsters. 
you know, you're in alligator country. Yeah. One of my favorite alligator stories is a guy was running from the cops. He had a stolen car, parked the car. He sees a stolen car or high-speed chase, whatever it was, parks the car on a bridge, jumps in the water, immediately gets eaten by an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> he jumped in the water right on a fucking alligator. And the alligator just jacked him. He thought he was going to be a badass, uh, yeah. jump in and swim to safety. This fucking 16-footer just clamped. Damn. <laughs> Dude, just file that under. The there's a there's a Twitter account called Florida Man, and it's, it's just amazing, isn't it? Fucking great. That's <laughs> a Florida Man story right there. It is a Florida Man story, <laughs> dude. They, you know, they're they're real. When I was a kid, uh, hunters put the squeeze on eighty snakes in Florida's Python Bowl. Oh, they got a Python Bowl. Like uh, in January, it says two hundred seven hundred and fifty people from twenty states turned up. Wow. They only got eighty of them in ten days, but. Ten days, they only caught eighty of them. So one in ten guys. Yeah, in but 10 look at the days. size of these things. They're killing, man. Look yeah. at the fucking size of them. They're all Damn. they're enormous, and those things are in. I don't even know if they're killing them. It looks like they still have them alive. But these things are they're eating everything they can find, and they have no natural enemies, and they're just spreading through that ecosystem. The the idea that that should be illegal to make a purse out of, but you can can you make a purse out of a cow? Like why is that? Right. How come? What's going on there? Like, why do you think that that is more valuable than a cow? Hmm. Like, and it's beautiful. It is beautiful. But what, this is a this is an invasive species. Like, you're supposed to be killing them. Yeah. You you are. You have to put like a human put that thing there. It's not supposed to be there. And humans have to extract it because it's destroying everything. That has crazy consequences that they never know. Ten, twenty years down the line, what's going to be like after these pythons just completely ruin that yeah. entire part of the country? Like, right. What are they going to do? Those those things are those are people eaters. Yeah, they can eat people. Oh yeah, definitely kids. They get so big, man. When the, you see that picture of the one that had the alligator that it was eaten, that it, it yeah. ripped through its body. Yeah, just imagine. What kind of a thing eats an alligator and eats it all in one piece? Right. And now imagine that someone says, you shouldn't kill those to make yeah. purses out of them. No, yeah, you, actually, you should. They're monsters. You should kill them. Yeah. Those are monsters. Well, you shouldn't kill all of them, but they don't belong here. Like, killing rattlesnakes is a terrible idea because rattlesnakes have a, a really important place in the ecosystem. You should only kill a rattlesnake if it's on your property, if it's threatening you, and if you, know, you feel like you, you need to defend yourself. But going out into the woods where the rattlesnakes live, look at this thing. <gasps> oh, my God. Look, look at it eating. This is, we're watching a python eating an alligator. It's fucking bananas. It just dislocates its jaw, and this thing is still alive. So this poor little alligator is trying to figure out what the fuck is happening, and, this th and it's breathing. And this python is slowly swallowing it whole. Now imagine what it would do to your little Timmy. Yep. Imagine. If that thing trapped your son, if your son was out there fishing and all his, his friends ran away because they were terrified because a 20-foot-long snake is eating their friend, well, we better not make a bag out of it. We better not because pythons are beautiful and we're not speciesists. <laughs> Look at it's eating the back feet. It's all the way down to the back feet yeah, just that's, stuffing it into its mouth. That's the top that. three worst way to die. Bro, you're still alive for a long-ass time. You get yep. digested. Yep. You just get smothered and digested. Fuck all that. They've eaten people, right? Or the, oh, yes. The, or Look at the teeth. Real, right? Look at the teeth, man. Look at those bottom teeth. Fuck you. Look at those things. Imagine that. Biting you and, and pulling you leg first. 
into its fucking mouth. Damn. God damn it. We better not turn them into wallets because that's just <laughs> wrong. You should 100% turn them into wallets. 100%. Not only that, you're going to have to kill them and make a, If you don't turn them into wallets, what are you going to do with the skin? Because you got, you got to kill them. And at least the wallets are worth something. At least the clothing is worth something. Yeah. At least let people make things out of their skin. Don't let their whole body go to waste just for your ideology. That's a thing, but it's a thing that's not supposed to be there. And that's why it's destroying everything. I wonder if the meat's any good. How a giant python swall swallowed an Indonesian woman. Yeah. They are small, though. Fuck. Swallowed her. No picture, but... Bro, swallowed her. What happened to the woman? She was 54 years old. She went missing last Thursday while checking on her vegetable garden on Muna Island in uh, Sulawesi. Is that how you say that? Province. A huge search was mounted by local police. Her sandals and machete were found a day later. A giant python with a bloated belly was lying about 30 meters away. Whew. Residents were suspicious that the snake swallowed the victim, so they killed it. They carried it out of the garden. Gruesome footage has been circulating on social media in Indonesia showing the woman's body being recovered intact in front of a large crowd. Fuck that. And people are like, well, this shouldn't be made into shoes. Yeah, you should make them into shoes. That's what you're supposed to do when they eat people. You fucking idiots. Is it just California that made it illegal? <sighs> I don't know. There's certain... Um, companies that are reacting to this push against what they call exotics like crocodile and alligator mm. and python things like that and so certain companies are no longer making things with exotics to sort of bend to political pressure mm. or pressure by uh you know air, air quotes activists yeah but really it's monster skin okay you got monster skin let's make monster skin close cut the shit all right? I'm not saying you should kill them all. You definitely shouldn't kill them all. But the idea you shouldn't kill most of the fucking snakes that are invasive species in Florida and sell them and make purses out of them, why? Dude, how bad would a python jacket be? Yeah. A nice big collar. Yeah. I bet you can get one. Probably have to go to some Bali or some shit. You gotta go somewhere sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> you'd, right? be the, you'd be the king. Walk yeah. on stage. Python. Everything. Everything. Python, python shoes, shoes. Python pants. <laughs> Gloves. <laughs> you look like a pimp from the seventies. <laughs> Gators. That's what uh, like dudes that wanted like uh, really fancy shoes. They wanted gators. They yeah. wanted alligator skin shoes. If you wanted a real nice pair of shoes that lets people know you're stepping out on the That's town. Right. Look at these gators, son. Yeah. That was a big thing. Uh, fucking guineas. We always talk about their gators because they're dangerous. And meanwhile, I'm walking around with a cow. Yeah. The fucking easiest animal to kill. So easy. They stand there. Made them to kill. Turned them into something. Do you know they go feral too? When they go feral, they become a completely different thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They, they, uh, they go feral all throughout Australia. And uh, there's other places they go feral too, but they, um, they, they call them scrub bulls. And uh, think about how aggressive bulls are, right? Like That's why it's fun to ride them. When people like to grab a hold of them because they're just fucking going crazy and trying yeah. to get rid of you and trying to smash you. The bulls are very, very aggressive. Well, they ain't shit compared to these wild bulls. The wild bulls are those bulls on meth because they're out in the wild. Yeah. They've never been controlled. They've right. never been in a cage. And if they see people, they'll run at you 30 miles an hour and gore you and tear you no apart. No shit. Oh, yeah. They're some of the most dangerous animals in the bush in Australia. Yeah. these things called scrub bulls. My friend Adam Greentree, who killed that, uh, that's an Asian water buffalo. 
He killed that in Australia. Those are also invasive all throughout Australia. These fucking, they brought in these Asian water buffalo and they just destroy entire swaths of land. Uh And they go up to the North Country and they have to to shoot them. They have to kill them. There's no natural predators there. Once they get past the crocodiles, like nothing can fuck with them. But they have these, they're nothing compared to the bulls that are Mm. like domestic cows that are wild. Feral bulls. He said they're the most aggressive motherfuckers in, in the bush. Like, way more aggressive than these Asiatic water buffalo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think of them, you think, oh, it's like it's going to look like a bull. But they even look weird. They have, like, different antlers or different horns. Their horns come out, like, bigger and wider. They have interesting colorations. They're not all black. Huh. They're, like, a bunch of different cool, weird colors. Wow. Yeah, they look like almost like dogs in a lot of ways. You know, like patches, like a patch of brown, a patch of white. Weird looking. That should be the next show is, like— uh... Like an Anthony Bourdain, but you go to places with invasive animals, kill them, cook them, eat them, wear them. That's your next show, man. No, I'm not going to do that. But it's a good idea. It's a good idea, but I don't have the time for that. Plus, I'm not shooting anything dangerous. I'm not going to these dangerous places and hunting dangerous things. Yeah. Fuck all that. Right. These scrub bowls. See if you can get an image. They're, They're freaky looking, man. They, they look like bulls, kind of, but bulls that, like, are wild, like, sort of Tarzan look like a human. Yeah. Right? But he didn't, right? He was all jacked, and he had a loincloth on and bare-chested and fucked-up hair. He looked like a wild human. Yeah. This one looks fake almost, but I can't tell. No, no, no. I want to see dead ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, the dead ones, you get a better look at them. Scrub bull. Yeah, like that right there. Right? Yeah, like that. Like, look at that. Damn. What is that? That's a bull. That's, and then the one below it, Jamie, is even weirder. Like, look at that. The white with the black, uh, the white patches on the black skin. They're weird. And look at the, the shape of the antlers, or the horns, rather. See how widespread. See, that's a water yeah. buffalo, though. That's, uh, I think that might even be Adam. Um, but, like, that's a scrub bull. Like, that picture, that, that guy, what that guy's holding up. So that's what they look like. So that it, thing will just charge you. Charge you. That's a perfect I- image of one. Look at that thing. That kind of looks like a bull. Shit. But kind of not, right? Yeah. And they're super muscular and yeah. really, really fucking aggressive. And they used to, at one point in time, be domestic. You know, who knows how many years ago. And they eventually got out and formed their own little pack, got together. I guess herd. I guess you would call them a herd. Got together, did a lot of fucking, and made a bunch of other wild cows. And Look at that one in the lower left-hand corner, Jamie. The dead one on the ground. Like, look at that thing. Yeah. How weird is that? Like, Damn. that kind of looks like a cow. But not really, right? It kind of looks like a bull. It's almost rather. got like a moose-shaped face. Yeah, exactly. It kind of looks like a domestic bull, but not really. You would say, what is that, some African animal or something like that? Animals are weird when they get free. Then you see their true nature. There's a lot of animals that we keep in pens, and we, we keep them captive, and we don't, we don't really understand what the fuck they are. We, we only understand what the domestic version of that animal is. When those animals are forced to find their own food, they, they become a different thing. Yeah. Like chickens are a good example of that. I, didn't, I had no idea how savage chickens were until I got my own. I was like, look at these fucking monsters. When you, when you would see chickens with a mouse, it's, it, was, it was stunning. I could see it a couple of times. One time I caught a mouse and I threw it in there. They fucked this mouse up, and one one of them got it and ran with it, and they all chased her around. 
So she's got it in her mouth and she's running and they're all chasing her, trying to pull it out of her mouth. I didn't even know they were carnivores. Dude, they're ferocious. No shit. Chickens are so ferocious. Wow. I've never seen anything. Other, I mean, I guess a dog would gobble something up pretty quick, but I've never seen anything attack as lustfully at meat as a chicken. Like cats aren't that lustful. If you give a cat something, they kind of gently take it, it from you, yeah. and they eat it. Right. But you know a dog, like, blah, 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 they want to eat it quick. Chickens are like twice as fast as dogs. Here's a perfect example. This is a mouse, and this mouse is uh, being chased by this cat. And uh, the, the chicken is watching this cat fuck around with this mouse, and the chicken decides to step in and fuck this mouse up. Look at this. So the cat's like, oh, I'm just going to play with my food. And the chicken's like, bitch, let me show you what the fuck is up. <laughs> Look at it. Just starts tearing it apart, Damn. man. It's and the chicken is not around. interested in anything other than eating that mouse. Yeah. The chicken's not there for a game. Chicken is there to kill and eat. That's yeah. a dinosaur, man. It's a different kind of life form than a cat. You know, cats cats are like chill with each other. They purr. They're more complicated, you know? Yeah. They like you. They come up to you and they rub against you. Like even like the Tiger King guy. Like he, he could pet some of them cats. Yeah. Fucking fight. You ain't never petting a chicken, bitch. That chicken doesn't give a fuck about you. Round one, chickens and a rat. Maybe is that a squirrel? Got, that's a big, ground squirrel. That's a, a big. That, uh, what is that? It's a big rat. Is that a rat? It is, right? So they fucking hate that they're on a vegetarian diet. That might be a ground squirrel, man. It says ninja rat. Oh, no, that's a rat. Wow. So these... Chickens are trying to decide whether the juice is worth the squeeze. Mm -hmm. See, they're moving in close, but they're looking for other stuff, and they're like, hmm, I think I can fuck that dude up. Look, he's like trying to play coy. Like he doesn't really yeah. want to eat that rat. I right. just move a little closer. Just getting a little grass. Move a little closer. Man, I think I can eat that thing. Mm. A little closer. I don't find nothing in this fucking grass, but that dude is right there. I'm just gonna ease up. Just gonna hey. Just coming over here looking for worms, just like you. Just uh, two hunters out there. So let's see some of that in slow motion. Oh, the rat launched itself at oh. the chicken. Look at oh, that. He's jumping at it. First yeah. strike. The, the rat said, okay, I'm going to start this party. The rat just jumped at the chicken. Well, if a rat jumped at me, I'd feel the same way. And I'm way bigger than a chicken. <laughs> right? If a rat jumped at you, yeah. you'd be like, let's get out of here. You know? Do you think Toxo would let the rat fuck with chickens, too, the same way it does with cats? Because it's cat-derived, right? Cause Maybe. Because piss. I mean, look at him launching himself in the air, though. Well, he's not, unless he's defending himself and family, maybe. Yeah. Fuck away from my... Well, I think they I feel that way about any bird. Yeah, maybe. That's weird. Well, that is pretty badass. Yeah, that's... Race to get up there fast. If you're a bird, you know, and you, and uh, a rat sees you, like you're a mortal enemy. Yeah, for sure. Like the big ones, for sure. I see a lot of hawks, man. You see a lot of hawks in the valley, mm -hmm. you know. And I never have the patience to sit and watch one and hope it gets something. But uh, my dire the director on news radio, Tom Sharonis, was sitting in his backyard, and like I think he was in Studio City. And on his back porch, he watched a dove get snatched by a hawk. Just whack. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So the dove was just sitting there on this fence, and this hawk came along and just whack, yeah. right in front of him. Like, whoa. Yeah, we had a 
we had a hawk smash into our our uh, sliding glass door. Going, I don't know what he went after, but he came in fast, mm-hmm. slammed into it, and took off. Yeah, we killed a couple of them accidentally that way. A couple of them, we uh, changed our back fence from uh, it was like metal bars to glass, and it wiped out like three hawks. Oh no shit! Yeah, they swam, they fucking nosedived right into it. We're like, Whoa! Oh, no, it was a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, birds will fly into your window all the time. Does that happen to your house? Yeah, yeah. And you hear that thunk. You're like, ah, oh, shit. And you go out and see some bird. I saw this little up. kind of sparrow-looking bird, and he was sta- he was standing like against the side window of a car, and he kept launching himself at the side view mirror again and again. He just kept mm. attacking his own image. Wow. Not picking up on it. There was a little bit of a hawk war that went on in my backyard. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think what happened is when we put up the fence, the glass fence, one hawk slammed into it, and that hawk might have been running shit. That might have been, like, one of the top hawks of the community because then there was a bunch of young hawks that were hanging around. They were getting really cocky, and they were, like, flying on top of the chicken coop. You'd have to chase them off. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. They were, like, acting different. They were, like, bold. They were s- swooping low. They were acting like young punks. Right. And then I started finding them dead, headless. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where one other animal, perhaps an owl, was jacking these little cunty young hawks and, and biting their head off. Damn. And then leaving their body. Yeah, we found at least two of them, I remember, if I remember correctly. I think it was like we, we, we got at least two hawks rehabbed. One of them we brought to a wildlife shelter, and they actually were able to release it back into the wild again after it mended up. But it was another one that got KO'd flying into the fence. And one of them that we kept for a weekend and fed it. This was, <laughs> this was a big thing in the house because they were feeding them mice. Okay, so we had this hawk, and we go to the pet store. There's a pet store that sells exotic pets, and they have these things called pinkies. They're basically baby mice. Uh-huh. And this is what they said that you have to feed the hawk before we can get it to this wildlife thing that wasn't open until Monday. So they're feeding them these little tiny baby mice because they want this poor hawk to be better. So this demon is eating babies in my house. <laughs> okay? <laughs> it's so crazy. And then it gets to the end. It gets to the end. It's Sunday. The, the 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 demon stopped eating babies. It left one baby alive. So we took this one baby mouse, and then the girls are like, "Well, we want to keep it as a pet." I go, "What?" I go, "You just this thing slaughtered ten of them. Yeah, this thing just ate. I don't know how many it ate, but it, it just ate its brothers and sisters. You're like this one, I'll spare. Yeah, I'll spare you. <laughs> I'll spare you, and I'll bring you in. See, is that a, a an owl eating a hawk's head? Yeah, see, I, I guess that's owls' move. When owls kill a hawk, look at this. They just eat their fucking head, dude. Oh. Takes the scalp. Yeah, and they leave their headless body. Wow. That's how badass owls are. Look at that. Just standing over the dude. Imagine if you did that to a guy and you were holding him down with your feet and with your hands you just pulled his head off with your teeth and just chewed through the side of his neck to hold it onto his head. And that's sitting on some guy's roof. That's just uh, in your neighborhood. Look, there's a fence. It says this guy was eating breakfast, and he saw this out of the oh, window. Oh, yeah. No big deal. That's awesome. Just one demon killing another demon. And that's the one we associate with wisdom. Ah, oh, give a hoot. Don't pollute. He's the one who's telling you how many licks it takes to get yeah, to the center of the t- 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 <laughs> pop. 
You remember that? <laughs> One, <laughs> two. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, three. He's out there eating hawkheads. Yeah. Look at that, man. We had a crow. We got these fucking huge crows. And uh, in the driveway, <laughs> there was, uh, I came home and there was a um, possum, a baby possum on the driveway. It was near dead. And there was this giant fucking black crow. And he was pecking at the, at the uh, possum. And so, like, I don't know what human instinct made me jump in there and break it up. <laughs> and so, like, I'm chasing the, the, uh, the, the crow away. And then I, I tell my son to go get a shoebox inside so I can scoop up the, uh, the possum. And the crow is not having it. He's like, that's my fucking possum, dude. And so really? he keeps coming at me. And I'm, like, staving off a crow. Whoa. Who's like coming at me and then swooping away? He's and dive bombing you. He's dive bombing. You don't have me. a weapon. No, my fists and my feet. Did you swing at him? No. Just I don't know if you would hurt a bird if it was coming at you. I feel like there's not enough weight behind them. You would just knock them into the air. Yeah. I don't think. I think they're so light. I think it'd be hard to hurt them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if a bird was swooping at you and you hit it, I don't know if it would hurt it that much. Yeah. I think it would just bounce off. Right. Because they weigh nothing. Right. I mean, I'm just guessing. I think if you kicked a turkey in the head, you could fuck it up. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, only if it's Thanksgiving, though. If you, only around the if holidays. If you gave like, a, a Muay Thai fighter, like a guy who could really <laughs> kick, and he kicked a turkey's neck, yeah. I think you fucked that turkey up. You know? Yeah, birds have an advantage, man. They're like a fast, they're like a lightweight boxer. You just fucking they're dinosaurs. in and out. Yeah. They're dinosaurs, man. We were reading about this uh, eagle that used to live in New Zealand before the people wiped it out. It was called a host eagle. And they think that people might have it, wiped it out because it was probably eating them. Uh-huh. And this thing weighed 25 pounds. Wow. I think the biggest it got was like H-A-A-S-T eagle. And they they believe it was brought to extinction. One of the theories is by human beings because they think that it was probably a dangerous animal. It's a fucking huge eagle. Yeah. Huge. Wow. Imagine your cousin gets eaten by an eagle. How big did those things get? I think they had something like a seven-foot wingspan. Yeah, this has up to a three-meter wingspan. Three meters. So like is that the biggest? Feet, feet. Is that, that, big, is that the biggest animal that has flight? That's a good question. Yeah. Imagine the pterodactyl days. What in the fuck was that like? Yeah. Giant flying lizards That's that fun. are carnivores. Yep. Fuck that. You imagine. There it is. Whoa. This is the largest ever. Well, that sounds like Quetzalcoatl, which is the, um, that's that, that Aztec god. Q-U-E-T-Z-A-L-C-O-A-T-L-U-S. Quetzalcoatlus? Quetzalcoatl was that um, that flying god of the Aztecs. Can you just go back up to that? I was reading that top part right there. That's how big it was. Yeah. A pterodactyl petrosaur from the late Cretaceous of North America. Largest known flying animal to have ever lived. So that is like probably, they probably named it after Quetzalcoatl. Which was the, uh, see if you find that word, Quetzalcoatl, because I think that's what that was. It was an Aztec god that was like a bird. Wingspan of 36 feet. 
Jesus Christ. 36 feet. Jesus Christ. What the fuck? Dude, that's a plane. Now, see, this is a god, the feathered serpent. A name for the feathered serpent deity of the ancient Mesopotamian, Mesoamerican culture. I wonder if there was ever a time where human beings and that petrosaur thing coincided. When was that petrosaur? When did that thing go extinct? That Quetzalcoatlus. You imagine if there was ancient human, you know, Neanderthals or whatever, Australopithecus, and you're looking up, you see a 35-foot bird. Fuck you, man. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. The bones were discovered in Texas. That's the same course. right area. Um, of course, Texans, before the Comanches, they had giant flying dinosaurs. God damn. Scan fast for a time period. Doesn't say right off the top for some reason. But Just whatever it was. Late Cretaceous? So I don't, I don't What's that? Uh, when is that? Is that 10 million years? What is that? I think it says 100 to 66 million. I don't know. Oh, that's, so that's way before even the Yucatan um, impact that killed the dinosaurs. That was 65 million yeah, years it says ago. The climate was warmer than now, even then. And, mm. yeah. What's the biggest thing that lived that flew while people were alive? You think it was that host eagle? You said that was three meters, right? That's nine feet. By the way, fuck that, too. Imagine a nine foot. That'll take your thing. kid easily. That'll 100%. take a small kid. Uh, maybe a pretty big kid. Yeah. They, they carry deer away. You know? No shit. Yeah, dude, they pull goats off the side of cliffs and not even big ones. Damn. Have you ever seen that uh, golden eagles do that? Golden eagles are the biggest North American eagles. And uh, I actually think bald eagles have done this as well. And they swoop down and they grab these sheep that are trying to climb their way up to the top of these mountains. They pull them off. And they, they drop them on the rocks. Yeah. And watch them smash. Wow. And sometimes they ride them down to the ground. Wow. Dude, this one video, this one eagle, he grabs a hold of this sheep and pulls him off of a sheep or a goat. I forget which one it was. Pulls it off the side of this wall. And as it's going down, the eagle's hanging on. So the eagle hits the ground with it and bounces it. And oh my God, it's, it's fucking madness. It's madness. That's beautiful. Yeah, the eagle's fine. Fine. Yeah. Eagle fell. Bounced, had this goat hit it in the head, bounced, fine. The end flies away. Yeah. Crazy flexible bones that they have. Shit. Yeah, dude, we're so lucky. We have one thing to worry about right now, other than normal shit that everybody has to worry about all the time in life. One new thing, and everything just hits to a halt. One yeah. one new thing, like, whoa. The whole world changes. One new thing. Right. An albatross has a bigger wingspan than uh, the host eagle. Really? It's about the same. Maybe it says it's 11 feet. Jesus. Albatross, the ones that are alive right now? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, what do they eat? Mostly fish, right? And this even says a condor with a 24-foot wingspan. That's Fuck. 20, 28 million years ago. So it's, oh. Sorry. I think albatross, they go out to sea for fucking weeks. What do they do? Just dive in and eat fish? Dive and eat. Yeah. Look at that. Whoa. Yeah, that would be just more annoying than anything. I don't think that could kill you. But an eagle's got a face like a bolt cutter. There's a couple, as I was digging through, a couple 
articles even speculated if those uh, giant Quetzalcoatl things and some other, like Petra, if they were too big to even fly, maybe. Mm. They could have been like giant ostrich-type bird oh, dinosaur-type right. things. Yeah, they only have just, the bones, right? big wings, yeah. Just something that just got too big for its wings, didn't need to fl- Maybe could fly like a chicken. Like chickens can fly like, you know, they fly like 10 feet or something like that. They just kind of run and fly at the same time. They get a little, get a little air. No, like I think about like my friend had a, a parrot when I was a kid, parrot or a parakeet. I don't know birds, but it scared the shit out of me. Like I would reach into the cage just to like you know you try to stick your finger in its belly so it steps on your finger, but it bites you instead. And I remember being a full sized human being scared of this. Take that and expand it by a thousand. Yeah. And it's flying above you. Yeah. Birds can scare the shit out of you. Yeah. They can pull a fucking salmon out of a flowing river with their feet and fly away with it. Yeah. Imagine even grabbing a salmon. Imagine just dunking your hand into a river and pulling a salmon out. No. And now imagine doing it while you're flying in. You snatch it, pull it out of the river, and then fly away with it. All right. And that's our American, uh, that's our national bird. It's yep. a national animal. It's a pretty cool national animal. I guess. It's a ruthless cunt of a flying dinosaur. Yeah. Wouldn't it be better if we had something compassionate? Shoe Look at that. are close. <laughs> oh, they're real close. Shoebills are super dangerous. Oh, yeah? Well, that is an ancient, predatory, carnivorous dinosaur that's, that happens to still be alive. Why is that guy getting close to it with his kid? I don't know. Oh, don't do that. Mm. Please don't do that. Nothing bad happens in this, but okay. Yeah, I just yeah. Yeah, I could imagine if that thing was pissed off at you. Well, he's gonna touch it. Yeah, I don't think anything bad happens, but bro, that's the kind of people that get eaten. I think we're fine. Oh, I think we're fine. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna bend over and pull up my pants. There are some animals that are dangerous. There's a really aggressive bird, uh, cassaway, I think it's called. And uh, this lady's filming on the beach in Australia. She's like, oh, look. Look at the cool birds. And the bird starts going after her. And they'll, they'll, they'll come fuck you, you. What is it? A Balanepsis rex. Shoebill stork fax. That's what it's called. Balanepsis rex. It's a rex. It's a fucking dinosaur. Look at that face. Wow. Look at the mouth. That one right there. Look at that one. Look at that image. What in the fuck is that? That's, that's flightless, right? Yeah. But it gets to five feet tall. And it, it snatches fish and lizards and all kinds of other things. It swallows them whole. There's a uh, fantastic documentary that BB, BBC put out years ago about the Congo. And the shoebill lives in the Congo. And in the, in the Congo, the shoebill eats this. There's a fish that comes out of the land and then crawls across the land until it can find another pond and then slides into that pond. Yeah. And the shoebill's eating that thing. And you're like, what am I seeing? I, I'm seeing a battle between two prehistoric animals. With That's a, amazing. A fish that can swim and then climb out of the water and walk on the ground and then jump in a new, a new pond. Right. That's the that's the missing link for evolution. The first animal that, uh, first fish to get out of the, the water. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, all these animals adapt when they're in the Congo. That's the. What are you looking at there, Jamie? That's weird. Shoebill claws. Oh, was, that's what it was on the bottom. They're all. I mean, they're all adapting to their environment. They found uh, in the Congo. There's a. Um, I think it's called a diker. 
It's a uh, specific type of antelope. But because they'd been in this, it used to, what they think is, at least parts of the Congo, that I be, if I don't, I hope I'm not fucking this up, but I believe what it was was it used to be grasslands. And then the climate changed, it became rainforests. And a lot of animals, there were like plains animals, were stuck in the Congo, in the rainforest, and they had to adapt. So, like, you'll see these herds of uh, ungulates running through the Congo, like these different kinds of antelopes running through the swampy waters. Yeah. And you're like, what are those things doing here? And then there's other antelopes, like these dikers, that actually can swim. So they can swim underwater as much as 100 meters. No shit. 100 meters underwater. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. They can hold their breath and they eat fish. That's wild. What? Yeah. They're adapting. Yeah. So they're figuring out how to get, see if you can find that thing. I, th I think it's... I don't remember how to spell it. It's, it's going to be us yeah. in five years. These little fuck. Look at that. What is that bird doing? Oh, no, no, no. No, that's not it. Okay. A diker's an antelope, dude. Oh, it's not okay. a bird. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not, it's not in the ocean. It's, it's, that's a tuna. It's in the Congo. Jamie, you're high. <laughs> really stuck on that shoe bill fucking around with stuff. Those fucking feet freaked me Wait. Out. You're like, um, is it this? I'm like, bro, that's a sandwich. <laughs> that's the '96 Olympics. It's um, an antelope. I think it's called a dike. I think I'm not. I'm not spell. I don't know how to spell it. I don't think it's D-I-K-E-R. But there's a. a it's a small antelope-like creature that it lives in Africa. Try under lesbian. <laughs> yeah, but they they have these little short legs and they swim. By the way, today's a big day, Joe. It's what my today? 20th appearance on the uh, Joe Rogan Experience. Yeah, you were telling me that. That's yeah. crazy. Dude, that's crazy. Times. Yeah. That's nuts. Today's April Fools. Be very careful. A lot of motherfuckers out there playing that stupid game. I was going to tell you a crazy fucking story. <laughs> I was driving up here thinking I got to come up with something funny. The Gemsbach. Oh, yeah. That's another uh, animal that can swim. In the ocean. Yeah, they swim. Yeah. I think that's called a Gemsbach. Is that what that one's called? Yeah. I think spell it. Did you, oh, you got D U I K E R. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And it's going to take a long time to yeah. find video of it swimming. But this uh, this documentary was uh, just showing how sometimes things just change and these animals get fucked. Yeah. And they're just not supposed to be there. Right. I think part of the part of it was they were locating things like elephants in the in the parts of the Congo too that were also in the rainforest. And they're like, what the fuck are these things doing here? All right. It's really interesting, man. You know, we're we're just real fortunate that we're in a place that is fairly calm with very few monsters. Yeah. But there's, you know, there's spots in the world where, unfortunately, your civilization really never had a chance to get a foothold because it was always dealing with defense. There was not enough time to relax to really build up a good, stout civilization because everything was just about acquiring food and making sure you don't get eaten yeah, by crocodiles. Right. Well, that's why it's kind of cool that we have mountain lions, but not a lot. There's like... We can literally count the number of mountain lions we have in Los Angeles, yeah. but they're fucking there. They're there, dude. They're real too. Yep. It keeps you. It kind of keeps you honest a little bit. I think we got to. I think it's good. No matter what city you're in, there should be a fucking bear. Just yeah. one bear. Just a little something to let you know. There's a food chain. Respect it. Yeah. You know, we we just we think we just get food from the store. No, that's that's what's confusing about all this. Food does not come from the store. Food is food comes from living things, either f vegetables and fruits or animals. That's food. 
The store is this weird thing that we invented. Yeah. You got to figure out how to get food. <laughs> you can't rely on the store. Right. And one thing that's happened is there's a giant uptick of people looking into hunting licenses and people like watching videos on hunting and how to Since get Since Corona? Yes. And oh. homesteading. A lot of people that are looking to buy plots of land and like raise rabbits for food and uh -huh. raise chickens and raise pigs. And there's a lot of videos that are popping up on YouTube now about homesteading where people are like, hey, 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 how do we uh, fucking avoid this? You buy a patch of land, you get a few families to chip in, you all build houses on that land, or you buy houses that are close enough to each other that you could share land, and you fucking grow food. Yeah. You grow food and make sure that you don't need anybody. Right. You can get all your food from your yard. That can be done, This man. sound This sounds so, like, uh, out there, but it's like, that's literally how 95% of the world lives. Yeah. And not, not only that, but how 99.9% .9 of the world lived until the last couple of hundred years. Yeah. You know, this is how you're supposed to. You're supposed to have food nearby, man. Yeah, right. You're supposed to have something nearby. My grandfather always had a garden. Always had a garden. Yeah, so always had a garden. Yeah. He he would go back there and he would check his tomatoes. He knew where everything was. You know, my peppers are coming in. He would mm -hmm. always have this little thing, this spot over here for this kind of plant and this kind of food. And he would grow spices and all kinds of shit. Yeah. Like those old school immigrant people that came over here back when food was hard to get, they knew how to like make sure you have something. Right. Make sure you have a, you know, you can stay alive with your garden, you know? Well, especially the chickens. You can't get eggs. We went right. shopping last night. There's no eggs. It's hard. Yeah, these cunty coyotes killed all my fucking chickens, or I'd get some eggs for you. That sucks. I gotta, but the thing is about rebuilding, we, we've talked about this. When you uh, rebuild the uh, shelter, the chicken shelter, and, and put new chickens in there, now you're a target. Like, they know where meat is, and they know a bonza, bonanza of meat. They ate nine chickens in one day, in one in one sitting. They killed nine chickens. It was just a fucking, like, just a disgusting pile of feathers. Yeah. Where all the chickens were slaughtered. Yeah. And the hole, like, pulled, the mesh was pulled out, and they just jumped in there and just one at a time killed all the chickens. Wow. I don't want that shit around my house, you know? That's the thing. It's like, if, you, if you're going to have coyotes um targeting your house like looking looking at your house as a source of food if you're doing that by keeping chickens you're gonna have more coyote interactions yeah and either you're cool with that or you're kind of creeped out by it yeah i'm kind of creeped out by it especially when i'm high i tied a dead chicken to a one of the coyotes killed the chicken before i chased it out i tied a chicken to a pot like a pot that you plant uh plants in you know pottery uh-huh and uh, I tied it down, and I tied it in, and I set it uh, 30 yards from my balcony. And I got a range finder, and I ranged all these different spots in the yard, and I sat up there for hours with a bow trying to kill a coyote. I'm like, come on, baby. Really? Yeah. Like, he's right there. Go get your chicken. <laughs> you were pissed. Yeah, I was, I was having war with him. Yeah. I was having war. I was going to kill him, and I was going to throw him over the fence. Like, let these cunts know. Hey, you you I killed your friend. I'll kill you, too. You should have chewed its head off. Right I was thinking about of eating some of it and then shitting into a bag and throwing the bag over the hill. <laughs> I ate a piece of your friend, you fucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not a fan. I like having them around. It's cool to hear them at night, but I don't want them thinking of my my animals and my dog or my cat or anything like that as a food source because that's sounds what they like do. you cared about these chickens. Do they, do they become do. like pets? They're like pets, but not. Like Marshall's like, you met Marshall. He's out there right now. Yeah. He's like family. He that little sweetie. He's my. He's one of my kids. Yeah. Like he's my buddy. He's like a full grown three year old 
cuddle bunny. You mm-hmm. know, he's the sweetest dog in the world. Like, that's very different than the chicken. My relationship with the chicken is not that deep. Like, that dog is, I love that dog. He's my buddy. Like, yeah. every time I see him, I'm like, dude! Yeah. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. he comes over with a toy in his mouth, and he's just he's just a bundle of love. He loves everybody, too. Everybody he meets, he just loves everybody. Yeah. That's Chickens are not like that, man. They're not yeah. that valuable. Chickens are independent little cunts. I was walking my dogs this morning, and some fucking asshole goes, hey, can I pet your dog? I'm like, uh, let me check. Uh, let me check the news. Um, no. No, you can't rub your fucking germy hands on my dog. That's going to come home to your house. Right. And, yeah. No, you're not supposed to do that right now, right? Nope. Not supposed to let some dude just touch you. Some guy wanted to shake my hand at the grocery store the week of the whole thing. Yeah. And I shook his hand. I didn't want to be rude. Right. But I felt weird about it. I was like, oh, am I, are we still shaking hands? Like, when when do we stop doing this? This is That was the the week that everybody went crazy and started buying shit. It is crazy, too, because there's no shortage of food. No. No, it's the just, supply chain hasn't changed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially the toilet paper thing became totally random. Weird. It's like one asshole filled up his shopping cart with toilet paper, and then somebody saw him do that, and somebody else saw him do that, and they all just decided it was a panic on toilet paper. It doesn't make any sense. It's almost like it was perpetrated by the toilet paper industry. Ah. Do you know how much money you would save if you had a bidet? Or like those little tushy ones that we had that was a sponsor? I think that was like, what did Red Band say it cost? Like $79. $79. Yeah. That's for the... That's for the cold the, water one. The one that, yeah, and a few few extra bucks, you get it heated up. But just take it like a seal, like a Navy seal. Get yeah. Your cold water in your asshole. Yes, sir! <laughs> Woo! Dab now, it. if I'm going to do that, I'm I because I looked online, and you can't get the cheap ones anywhere. The cold water ones are sold out. But they did have, like, some high-end ones. And I was thinking, like, you shit every day. Yeah, every day. You know, I'm going to get it in my house. I'll have it for the rest of my life. Why not go... Big and yes. just get one that like some of them have remote controls where the you can like here. you can change the direction of it. Have you ever taken a shit here? You told me to use it once, but I didn't do it. Don't be scared. It's wonderful. Really? It's wonderful. Yeah. Yours has probably got a fucking tanning bed in it. <laughs> it doesn't do that, but <laughs> shaves it, your ass. It does. You can direct. <laughs> it could make it a stronger wave, a lighter wave. Yeah. You can direct it in, into the hole itself. You could aim it. Oh. Right in the hole, like hey now. It makes you have to shit more. Like when it goes up the hole, your body's like, "Oh yeah, I got some extra for you." It's like it loosens everything. Does up. it throw a little uh, hemorrhoidal lotion on there for me if no, I need it? it? Doesn't. You gotta do that yourself. But the point is, you're saving a lot of money in toilet paper. Will it bleach my asshole? It cleans it. I don't think it's gonna bleach it. Mm. That'd be a nice little option, though. I don't extra button. I don't think you need to worry about that in these trying times. Like if you get B- Botox now, you're an asshole. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this doctor could be in an emergency room. Helping COVID-19 patients, you're like, I'm seeing there's some movement. There's some movement right here. Look, watch. Watch. I can. can, Look, I'm shocked. Meanwhile, he's got three people hacking up in the waiting room. I know. Come on. Well, this article in The Atlantic was really disturbing where they were saying that if the people that are going in to find out if they have COVID, they can't even give them, this was in New York, they couldn't even give them a test because they didn't meet a certain criteria. And if they didn't have it before, they definitely have it now. Because oh. there's other people in this waiting room. Yeah. And they're all waiting and they're all sick and coughing. Like, fucking Christ. So what's the point at which you're supposed to go in? Because... And just get it? 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what do you mean? No, what I mean, what's the point where you should go to the doctor versus yeah, point. sit it out and try to? Because they say ninety percent of the people that come in have pneumonia or mm-hmm. or the flu. They mm-hmm. don't have COVID. Well, that's the thing is that the flu's still here, right? So yeah. it's happening at the same time as the flu. But it's a new thing, obviously. We know what to do with the flu. You can put, give people Tamiflu. You know, you can get a flu shot. Much like le- we had uh, Dr. Hotez explain how even if you get a flu shot from the wrong kind of flu, if they make a vaccine, it still has enough of the the things in it that fight off parts of the flu. Because a flu is a you know a, a virus has a bunch of different components, and so it can mitigate some of the components, even if it's not the perfect uh, vaccine for right. for that virus. So it still protects you somewhat, protects you better than not having anything. So that's the flu. Like there's a bunch of shit with this thing. They're like, we don't we don't know. Yeah, you know we don't we really don't know. We don't know what's going on. I mean, people talk about all these different tra- uh, treatments that may or may not be effective, but this is too new. For the most part, you really just need a ventilator. I mean, that's the only thing you would need medical care for, right? Because they can't do much for you otherwise. Well, there's been some talk about z packs, you know, but there's no there's no definitive ev- evidence. Yeah. And those when they run studies like that, it takes a long ass time mm. to get. You know, if they're doing double blind placebo controlled studies, trying to find out what. What does what and what's effective for what and any kind of clinical trial I think takes months, right? Oh no, a year. It's a year. Is it? Yeah, because they think they've already identified um, some vaccines, but they said for it to be, you know, if you don't test it, you could put it out and kill as many people with the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I know. And at the same time, Tiger King becomes the number one show in the world. The same time, a documentary on wild tigers that are in captivity at this crazy dude's place who's married to two other crazy dudes who's in a battle with this lady who might have fed her ex-husband to tigers. All right, don't tell me I haven't seen it yet. Spoiler alert. Yeah. What do you think, Jamie? About the whole... about. Did that lady feed her husband to the I... tiger? If I if you had a million dollars to They bet. reopened the case like yesterday. Yeah. Or they're looking back into it. They're looking into so it. So maybe, I don't know. Bro, if you have a husband that's a millionaire and you raise tigers and then that guy disappears and no one knows where he is, if that happens, I think people should be suspicious. They'd be like, hmm, where is he? You don't know where he is at all? Huh. He just went away. Huh. How many tigers do you have? You have a hundred tigers? Can we see your tigers? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, why is the documentary about that? You have a couple you words with your tigers. Trank your tigers and examine their <laughs> shit and start running through lab like this human shit here. This is human. You you ate a human. This tiger ate a human. Oh my god, this lady fed her fucking husband to tigers. Mm. All she needs is a meat grinder. She must have a meat grinder. That's all she needs. She she throws the husband in the meat grinder, throws the piles out there where the tigers eat, and they just tear them apart. Like Scarface. 97, dude. 97. I think that was a real thing with uh, drug dealers, was getting a tiger for that reason. Oh, well, that's always been a thing with people with pigs. That was in that movie Snatch. Remember oh, that movie? that's right. That's right. Greedy pigs. Yeah. That guy with the crazy glasses. <laughs> yeah. Who is that dude? That dude from the movie Snatch? That guy's amazing. We've talked about him before. God, I got to rewatch but that movie. That was remember a good he had fucking a, movie. He had a, a cup of tea. And these big ass thick glasses and just yeah. a totally different kind of gangster. His name is Alan Ford. 
Alan Ford, you fucking oh, legend, guy. sir. Yeah, that guy's amazing. <laughs> There's a new Guy Ritchie movie out right now, right? Um, yeah, what is it called? The Gentleman, I believe. Oh, it was really? supposed to be in the movie theaters, but then oh, the COVID hits. Dude, he's one of my all-time favorite people I've ever talked to. Guy Ritchie's an interesting guy. Oh, you had him in? Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah, he, he changed my mind about suits. He's so passionate about suits. About wearing owning, suits? Owning a suit. Yeah. The way you own it. Oh, is this a new movie? Yeah, Matthew McConaughey and uh, Oh, Hugh shit. I'll take it. Matthew McConaughey and Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant playing a bad Woo! guy? Why not? I love it. I have never seen a Guy Ritchie movie that I didn't love. Never one. They're all amazing. Lock, stock, what Lock, is it? Stock, Lock, stock, and two, and two smoking, smoking barrels. barrels. That was great. What was the one about the uh, the, the British uh, gangsters that moved to Spain and they're retired and then the guy makes them come back in? Oh, shit. What was that? What one was that? That was fucking great. Let's see his, his thing here. Rock and Roller, maybe? Oh, I think that was it. Was that Rock and Roller? That was 2008. I know. I don't remember those. No. I never saw a man from Uncle. Are these all his movies? Really? Wow. Anyway, the gentleman. So it was supposed to be released right around, yeah, or was it, it released? I think it did come out actually, but like it wasn't out for very long. And the hit, and then and the that, thing hit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's one cool thing. Like Apple TV is letting you buy new movies. Like you could buy the movies that are supposed to be out in the movie theater. You could rent them. Oh, really? On Apple TV? Yeah. Not no all shit. Of them. Not all of them. But enough, so they're like, "Oh shit, this is this is a movie movie. Like wow. it's out right now. That's awesome." But there's so many movies. That's the thing that you're realizing too. Like, if there's ever been a time in human history where you could really entertain yourself without having to go anywhere, yeah. it's now. I know. Before you'd have to go to the DVD store and get the fucking COVID-infected blockbuster boxes, where they'd all be. Did you spray yeah, it? Right. Did you spray it good? Yeah. And then maybe some of the spray would get into the tape, and it would ruin. The, you get the VHS home and like yeah. fuck. <laughs> The domestic box office brought in $5,179 for the week of March 20th through 26th. Holy shit. Uh, $5,000 down 100% from the $204,000,193,406 the same week a year ago. Wow. Damn. It was down 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, that's a big loss. But the restaurant industry, I think, probably took the biggest loss, right? Or the bars. Bars and restaurants probably took, and comedy clubs took the comedy biggest clubs, loss. Comedy clubs, theaters. Sure. All those, well, movie theaters and regular theaters, too, right? All theaters. Anything performing. Diaz freaked me out. I was talking to him on the phone yesterday, and he's like, he's like, dog, you think you're going to be playing the funny bone in St. Louis? Chris fucking, uh, Chris Rock's going to be playing that fucking club. This year, like all the theater acts are going to come down to clubs because nobody's going to be coming out. It's very possible. Mm. We don't know how long this is going to last, man. Or how long people's apprehension about getting into a group is going to last. Even if it clears up next month, it's still going to be a long time before people are comfortable. Well, this also showed people that people that are paying attention to numbers, it showed people the devastation the flu does every year. Yeah. Right. Until this happened, I had no idea that many people were dying every year from the flu. Yeah. That's that's an eye opener. That that alone makes you want to wash your hands more. Yeah. And and just kinda be careful when people are coughing and 
Dude, malaria is still, I think, the number one killer in the world. They think malaria has killed. Did we? Did we figure out this is this has come up about four different times, and every time I forget whether or not this statistic is bullshit. But I think they think half of all the people have died ever. That was the the theory. Were killed wow, by malaria. No shit. So if you took all the people that have ever died, like when you know ten billion people that have ever died, five billion died from malaria. Wow, <laughs> that's the number. It's a shitty way to die, too. Bro, my friend Justin Wren has gotten it three times. He uh, runs the Fight for the Forgotten Charity, um, going to the Congo and building wells for the pygmies. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. He, he's been there. He he's a fighter. Uh, fought for the UFC and. Um, I don't remember exactly how he initially made his trip over to the Congo, but he fell in love with these pygmy people and started uh, helping them, trying to figure out how to get them wa uh, wells built and fresh water because a lot of their problems were these diseases that were getting from pathogens in the water because uh -huh. they had just stagnant water and no, no way to fix it. And so he developed this uh, charity, Fight for the Forgotten, and started going back and forth over there. But in the meantime, he's gotten malaria three different times. One time he got sick and the malaria came back. So it was like, it wasn't even, I'm pretty sure he doesn't even think he was reinfected. He thinks it rekindled inside of his body when he got sick. His immune system was, was down and there was like a hint of malaria still in his body and it, it reignited. Hmm. That's what fucked me up too, paying attention to this. We have viruses all the time in our body that are just kind of duking it out. <laughs> yeah. There's a war Fuck. being waged. And that the common cold is also a type of coronavirus. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Make sure that's true. It's closer to 4 to 5% they think of the total people ever. 4 or 5%? Between somewhere between 4 and 5%. Oh, well, that's way different than 50. Yeah. It's Damn, a little, it doesn't little sound different. as good. The other one sounds better. <laughs> Let's keep lying. 5% <laughs> is a lot. Of, it's still, it's still a, lot. a phenomenal amount. It's still a lot of all the people that have died ever. And it's not like it's gone down. I mean, it, no. unless they get rid of mosquitoes... There will always be, and I think that is a possibility. That's something they've talked about doing: is engineering some new kind of mosquito that like doesn't breed, or some mosquito that kills other mosquitoes, or or, or something along those lines. They've they've had a couple of different things that they've tried to figure out how to do, but the problem is you don't. Once you do that, you know you let that cat out of the bag. I know. You kill all the mosquitoes, then you find out the mosquitoes with a glue that holds the whole thing together. Yeah, the lizards were eating the mosquitoes, and the cats were eating the lizards, and who knows what kind of shit could go down yeah. if you got rid of mosquitoes. Yeah, but they do carry a lot of disgusting things. The dirty blood. Yeah. The dirty saliva. They'd sting you and give you a malaria disease. Ew. Dude, people were worried. Remember when AIDS first came out? People mosquitoes. were worried that mosquitoes were going to pass it around. Oh, yeah, definitely. People are like, what? They carry malaria? Why the fuck can't they carry that? Well, that's the thing about all these pandemics is like, you know, coronavirus is actually kind of a pussy. I mean, it's, it's easy to kill. There's other right. viruses which are much tougher, but it has a very thin membrane. It's a, it's a fatty membrane that goes over it. Yeah. And, f you know, foam from soap. Yeah. By, by the way, make sure when you wash your hands, get a lot of foam going. That's actually the thing that kills the corona. Really? Yeah. Foam. Yeah. Foam it up and get your thumbs, for God's sake. Don't forget your goddamn thumbs. It's a new strain of coronavirus not previously seen in humans. For other strains of coronavirus are very common. It usually only cause mild symptoms like the common cold. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, what were we just talking about? We we're talking about washing hands. Uh, malaria. Coronavirus. Corona. That it's that it's that it's a pussy. Oh, it's kind of easy it. to that's kill. That's what it is. That would, that's what it was. Um, because there was this other thing that I talked about with Osterholm that scared me way more than that. That's uh, I mean, it's scary for sure. Don't get me wrong. But there's this chronic wasting disease that they found in deer, and um, it's uh, it's 100% fatal. And it's a prion disease, the same same kind of disease as mad cow disease was. And the same as uh, mad cow disease made the jump to humans, then it became very dangerous. And people, to this, some people to this day, like they can't give blood because they were alive eating cheeseburgers during the mad cow days. Maybe they've released that. I don't know. But huh. for a long time, they couldn't give blood because the idea would be that you still have these prions in your system. You could. They took these surgical instruments that they used on patients who died of mad cow disease. And they ran these surgical instruments through these sanitization machines. They, the sanitary process, sanitizing process, three times. Three times, like a 1,000-degree temperature. Couldn't kill it. Wow. Three times still had living prions on the surgical equipment. Damn. Yeah. And all we got to do is soap it up, sing happy birthday twice. Yeah. This Done. is nothing in comparison to something that could happen to us if chronic wasting disease ever made the leap from deer to human. Shit. Yeah, it's very spooky. And um, I've, uh, I had my friend Doug Duran and Brian, what's his name again? Richards. Don't guess. Richards? I think, I think you're right. <laughs> uh, who's a biologist, who's explained, who's explained, a wildlife expert explained all of it to us, like what, what it is, how it's happened, how it's spread. It's spreading from deer, and to the end is horrific. We watched a, a video of one of them where they're they're wasting away and they're spitting. So this 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 fluid that's coming out of their body is contaminated, and then a deer will come along and eat the leaves that have that prion on it and take it in, and then it'll get it'll get chronic wasting disease, and then it'll rot away and it's spitting out this stuff, and then other deer oh, eating. God. Dude, it's horrific, and it's 100% fatal. So think about what we've got, that your immune system, you know, for the vast majority of the people is going to fight off. It's tragic, the people that don't, not diminishing that at all. That's not what I'm saying. But there's a giant difference between something that Idris Elba gets and shows no weaknesses, shows no symptoms, rather. Or Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson get it, and they get over it. It's rough, but they get over it, and they survive. Versus prions that kill 100% of all the deer that they infect. They're all dead, and they waste away. They waste away to nothing. It's, mm. it's, it's ugly. Wow. And they're Jesus. like, look, this guy was sounding the warning bell. He was like, look, these have made the jump to mice. And they, prions have made the jump from animals to people. This is totally possible. This, this can happen. Yeah. And it's like right now, it's like this like silent thing that they're just keeping an eye on. And it's spreading across the country. And people don't know. Like there's places where people have stopped eating deer meat. And there's checkpoints. We have to bring the deer in, like Wisconsin where my friend Doug lives, where they bring the deer in, they have to test them before you can eat this deer. For chronic wasting you have to disease. test it for CWD, yeah. Mm. And the thing is, it hasn't made the jump to people, but who's, who's going to take that risk? You're yeah, right. You're going eat to eat this deer sausage that came from a deer that has CWD, but it's never made the jump to people, so have the sausage. Mm. You're like, what? I'm not eating that. The thing definitely had it. It was definitely positive, because a lot of times they're positive for like a year. So they're running around like looking like a regular deer, and you shoot it, and you cook it, and eat it, and you're eating the prions. Yeah. They, just, they just don't affect your brain yet. About 7,000 to 15,000 animals infected with CWD are eaten each year. 
and that number could rise by 20% annually, according to the Alliance for Public Wildlife, which Osterholm cited in his testimony. Scientists can't say for sure that CWD will cross over and infect humans, but as time goes on and more infected meat is consumed, the likelihood increases, Osterholm said. It's like a throw at the genetic roulette table, he said. Fuck that. Yeah. What if that gets into the cows? What if that gets into your cheeseburger? This is maybe what the whole vegan movement's about. Maybe they're trying to protect us from an ultimate attack. What if that's the only people that survive? (laughs) Can you imagine how annoying the the earth will become? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody will be thin and I know. Super self-righteous. All the guys would have to have man buns. (laughs) You have to. Yeah, meat eaters would like get a Velcro man bun and put it on just to get through security. Yeah, you got to. You couldn't eat meat anymore. Everybody was dying of chronic wasting disease. Yeah. Imagine, man. Again, this is uh these are possible. There's been a bunch of different horrific There's been 15 horrific, pandemics, they say yeah. in the last 300 years? No, more than that. 3000 years. I'm sure. There's there've been more than that. I'm sure. There's been a bunch recently. We were reading them off recently, like ones that were considered pandemic. H1N1 was con- considered was pandemic. Was it? Oh. Yeah. I, I, there was 15 of something. Maybe it's not a pandemic then. H1N1, what was the number again, Jamie? It was like more than 50,000 dead in this country. In this country? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, I didn't know that. Well, 18, that's this country. Total. Total in the world? But are you sure that's America or the rest of the world? No. Okay. It says the, next, the very next thing below, it says estimated 151 to 575,000 people died during the first year. Okay. So 575,000 in the world, but only 18,000 in America? What was the one that got the big number? If, I, if I'm wrong about H1N1, there was one that had a really large number. Were you like, what? Two th- Remember I read you those quotes the other day? Did we ever figure out if those are real? There was one, okay, yeah, total U.S. cases. Oh, that's what it is. There's the one from death rates range from 3 to 33%. Swine flu, 12,469 deaths in the United States, according to CDC, from April 2009 to April 2010. What about the 2017 to 2018 H2N3? That one, it says, uh, killed... It says killed 61,000 Americans. Is that the one? H2N3 from 2017. But again. It's 1968. Is it? It says 17 to 18. No, H2N3. Oh, sorry. Uh, Did I say it wrong? No, no. I'm looking at one that's just dyslexic back the other way. Estimated infected 894,000 people got the flu. Overall death rate was 7.5% with a peak in January 2018 of 10.8% fatality rate. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, though. 10% fatality rate? This is a text that a doctor sent me who's a wise man, but yeah. we have done zero research. Right. So that's why I'm trying to find out. Well, 10%, I think, is the death rate for corona, isn't it? About, oh, no. it's That was wow. what it 2%. was in Italy. I think that's the influenza A. Influenza A. H3N2. And how many people did that kill? Even so how come there wasn't social distancing and all this stuff for... for well, I think the idea is that 
the flu is something we're prepared for. We have uh, flu shots. We have Tamiflu. We're prepared for someone getting a bad case of the flu. We're prepared for the flu. This is something that nobody saw coming. It directly affects your respiratory system. They said uh, Dr. Hotez yesterday was trying to explain that it was basically five times more deadly than the flu and five times more contagious. Okay. So it's a perfect combination. And a great number of people are asymptomatic. So they, t- they get it and nothing happens. It spreads more. And they spread it. And then the people that it infects, it's, it, it, it infects a lot of people from them. And it is really bad for the people that it's really bad for. It's weird. And this is one of the things that he was kind of highlighting, that it's a very strange one. Okay. Influenza has caused up to 57,300 deaths and sickened up to 41.3 million people, according to new estimates. In the last year? This was posted a year ago, so this would have been for the previous year. But yeah, this is what So that was the 2007, I think, 2017, 2018 year. That's the 57,000 57,000 Americans died in one year of the flu? Mm-hmm. No shit. I know. That's what's crazy. That's, but this is, this is what's... Well, you got to think, Greg, about the numbers of us. This is what we have to think. The scale. And again, this is not diminishing because people want to get upset at these kind of things. I'm not diminishing at all the impact of the coronavirus and what's happening right now. And, and it's, uh, it's different, for sure. It's definitely worse. But what I'm saying is most of us weren't truly aware of the numbers of people that are affected by the flu until this, until you're looking at those numbers and you go, wait, wait, how many? And then you think we're dealing with 330 million people, Hmm. 330 million or whatever it is. And how many of them are getting sick? And and, uh, how many people do you know that get really sick? How many people do you know that are sick already and then they get really sick and then they die? How many people do you know that have cancer and they're going through chemo and then they get sick and they die? It happens. There's so many fucking people that when the flu comes along, Anyone that catches it that's in a compromised state is in trouble. Kids are in trouble. Old I was going to say, kids, I think, are more in danger of the flu than they are of corona. I think corona seems right. to affect the elderly more. Right. Yeah. It's a different disease. Although I got a friend who works in an, in an ER in New York who says that originally it was older people, and now they're seeing a lot of people in their 20s coming in, and not just getting it, but dying from it. Jesus. Yeah, they think there's a bunch of different factors, and they don't know what they are. They think there it might be genetic. There might be different blood types. It might be people that vape might have an issue. People that smoke seem to certainly have an issue, and they think maybe that's part of the reason why Italy has such a high uh, death right. rate. And men have a higher rate than women because they smoke more. And they're gross, and they don't wash their hands. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, what if it only grew on balls? <laughs> We'd be dead from just constantly having our hands on our pants. Women would want us to get our balls cut off just like they do. To dogs, they're like, look, the best way to make a dog calm is you cut their balls off, right? And, then and it's the a male, win-win, honey. Yes, that's what they're going to do to people. That's how we're going to become those aliens. Yeah, that we we're talking about before. Yeah, that's the obvious next step for people. It's obvious. You go from uh, original ancient primate to human being to alien. Yeah, that's the next step. No gender, chop it all up. That's what all this. Gender neutral, gender this, gender that, gender norms, all the all the battling going on about gender that never existed before. Mm-hmm. It's a slow slide into neutering all the males. Yeah. Because that's the only way it's going to work out. Cause, and we'll be happier too, Joe. <laughs> we won't have to feel the pressure of breeding We're anymore. We're all going to listen to Lizzo. I'm 100% <laughs> that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to be chicks, man. But yeah. at least we're going to understand why each other's are mad. And we're going to get it. We'll go, oh, 
now I know why you're mad. Yeah. <sighs> I never thought that way before. Right. Right. <laughs> Boy, I'm surprised you weren't uh, more mad. That was one of the funniest things about uh I was watching this documentary about this lady who converted into a man. And uh, she was talking about, like, the difference being, like, once she got testosterone and they started shooting her up with testosterone, her clit started growing. She was like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> she's, like, <laughs> she's like, now I know. I thought that you, the way you guys felt was, like, the same way we felt. Yeah. She's like, That's I, interesting. She's like I've, I've never been this horny in my life. Yeah. Yeah. You get it now. Yeah, this is a different thing. God. It's a different. The, the male horny is a... a it's a pursuing horny. It's an aggressive, like, I got to take care of this. Uh -huh. Jesus. Yeah. Like a young kid, like an 18-year-old kid, like, fuck. Oh, They're dude. in agony. 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 And all-consuming. All you consuming. couldn't think about anything. You couldn't be in a room with a nun without having a dirty thought. Mm. And once you got your first sexual experience, once a girl, a cute young girl your age, slides your penis into her mouth, you're like, mm. oh, my Jesus. This is better than anything I've ever done by far. Mm -hmm. I'm going to focus solely on this for the next two decades. Dude, when your first girlfriend is rubbing your balls while you're ejaculating into her mouth, you're like, what could be better than this? <laughs> you're telling me there's a thing better? Yeah. Because I say horseshit. Because yeah. my whole life, I thought tens were tens. And uh, now everything other than this is like a three. Yeah. So all the tens, like, oh, Star Wars is amazing. Star Wars can suck a fucking pail of these dicks. <laughs> right, right. Fuck you. Star Wars sucks compared to blowjobs. Right. And for women, right. a nice cuddle feels like a 10, and everything else goes down Listen, to a three. Listen, bro, some girls are dirty. I remember this girl that I dated when I was 17. We were both, like, around the same age. She would get so wet that it would, and this is kind of, I shouldn't even talk about her. Let's talk about her after she turned 18. After she turned 18... <laughs> So we're both. Let's make it so we're both well legal. I was nineteen; she was eighteen. Okay, she would get so wet it would drip down her thighs. Her inner thigh would have like a, a trail of tears, like tears, like she was crying. Was she a squirter? No, she was just horny. Wow, it's a horny little Irish girl. But that's that's humans at eighteen. Yeah, that's what it's like. Yeah. We forgot. We do. We're in our fifties. Yeah. We're we're old, broken down jalopies. Yeah. These new kids are out there, you know. They're fucking supercharged Corvettes. Yep. And they're 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 running around with boners, trying to figure out life. And thank God they're going to make machinery for them soon. They're going to have robots out there that take care of these young. Do men. you think so? Oh yeah. No one's going to want it. You're going to want a real girl. Well, it's what like, about the guys who can't get a real girl? Still not good enough. Still yeah. weird. Yeah. Like uh, Ex Machina. Yeah. Like F Ex Machina. If that guy met like a really cool chick who's like, don't you think it's a little fucked up that you want to fuck that robot lady? Yeah. And he's like, it is a little fucked up. She's like, you know, I like you. And he's like, you really like me? Yeah, I like you. I'm a person. I like you. Let's get the fuck out of here. He's like, yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And the robot would kill both of them. Robot would find them. Yeah. Kill them both. Right. With no emotion. Just stab them in the heart. Yeah. Did you see that movie, Ex Machina? Yeah, it was great. The end scene is like, whoa, of course. It Why would they have emotions? So well written. It so was, good. It was such a fucking, well did not see too. that coming. Yeah. That girl, who's the girl that played uh, the the number one robot in Ex Machina? She's fucking amazing. She's really great. You buy it, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. 
Hook, line, and sinker. She's a hot robot. She got in shape for that role. I think she's got a fake body. What do you mean she got in shape no, for that No, it was based on her real body, wasn't it? Why would it be? You could just lay around the couch and they'll turn you into some translucent thing with wires. Yeah. Like, you don't have to have a hot body. It's Imagine if that was the only thing they couldn't do. Like, we can give you this crazy robot-looking body. Yeah. Alicia, wow. Alicia Vikander. What else has she been in? Swedish actress. What else has that lady been in? Tomb Raider? Oh, Jesus. Well, Jason Bourne. Oh, Warren. the Danish girl. Well, she's fucking amazing in that movie. Just amazing. But imagine if they, they couldn't change the shape. Like, you got to get down to a really sexy shape and then yeah. we'll do the rest. Right. Like, you can't, you're turning me into a robot? Yeah. I can't just eat chips? <laughs> no. Sorry. Yeah. The only way we can do it is the actual shape of your body. So you got to meet us halfway. Yeah. It's got to be exact. Yeah. And then we'll turn you into a robot. We'll freeze you. In other words, we'll freeze you at that size. I think one day you're going to go over to your buddy's house, and you're going to you're going to knock on the door. He's going to open up the door. You're going to go inside, and he's going to see you're going to see this sexy maid in lingerie in high heels with like a push-up bra, and she's hot as fuck. And she's like, "Oh, hi, Greg." And you go to your friend. Hey, man, is she real? And he goes. What's real? <laughs> Is that boner real? Because yeah. I see a boner right now. She's a super hot porn star looking yeah. lady with the fake tits, but they're real, right? Yeah. Because you're making, it's a biological thing that they've built. Well, right. If it, if they're fake tits anyway, I mean, I've never- these are real. I've never, I've been married since fake tits have been around, so I don't really know what it's like to interact with fake tits. But it seems to me that, like, if if that if the vagina and the tits are the they're really the key points for making love, then who cares if the rest of the body's fake? Hmm. Interesting thought. Yeah, like a fake arm. Yeah. Make it, it all fake. Real. But if what if she's like jerking you off with the fake arm, and you're like, no, 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 use the real one. <laughs> but the fake one's more sensitive. The real one, I get twitches sometimes. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> It's like the, one. like the Bionic Man. One's real and one's yeah. You don't want to get jerked off by the fake one. Yeah. Like I want you to do it. Like do your real hand. This is weird. Yeah. I don't want you using a tool on me. You know. Or at it's least like the when palm. You commit, you commit to letting someone use something on you. Yeah. You know. Commit to a, someone wants to put a vibrator in your tank. Like hey 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 hey. It's not real. Let's just hang out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to use a Theragun on my yeah, taint. Right. Let's just talk. Yeah. You don't have to do that. <laughs> God, I remember there was there was this girl in college, and she used to chain smoke and drink tab all day. It was everything. Everything about her was just kind of manufactured and mm, you know just perfect. Just perfect. <laughs> And I remember one time, like I was over her house, and I we we'd kind of broken up, and she'd had a party, and she's like, "Hey, why don't you stick around?" I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna head out." She's like, "No, stay, stay." I was like, "Nah." She's like, "I have toys." I'm like, "All right, let's crack another beer, and hang out for a little while." <laughs> I have toys. And that she, was the, to, she that also took you over the top. That's what because I never played with toys, and uh, and she opened up her her bottom drawer, her dresser, and it was like a fucking hardware store, all different <laughs> sizes and shapes, and and. 
Uh, do you remember post 9-11 when Stanhope would travel with a suitcase filled with dildos? No. Yes. That was his thing? That was his thing. Stanhope would travel with a whole suitcase filled with dildos. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> like a shoe salesman. Let me uh, show you my wares. I mean, they're 100% legal to have. Yeah. So he would just get checked at every TSA. They'd be like, what in the fuck? And they'd open up his bag and just dicks, rubber dicks. But what kind dicks. of girl do you go back? You go back to his hotel room and he opens up his suitcase and you're, you just start using them. Same kind of girl that loves Stanhope. Perfect. Yeah, that's right. Perfect, perfect right. gal. Yep. You know, it's a. Uh, he just wipes it down with his tie. Just good old honest advertising. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, I see that you like me, and you've come back to my room. Can I assume I can put mm. hardware that's been in other women inside of you right now? Yes, sure. Let's do it. Let's smoke cigarettes too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take some mushrooms, uh, smoke a cigarette. Uh, fuck yeah. Let's make some phone calls too. Filthy dildos inside of me. Every time I get a phone call from Stanhope, it's it's like, oh yeah, I hope he's drunk. What do you got? What are you doing? Where are you at right now? <laughs> He got into yoga for a while. Now, not yoga, biking and hiking. Oh, yeah? He did so. Yeah, he, no, he did yoga too. Yeah, he met this lady down in uh, Tucson. He was writing a book. And uh, she's. Um, she was a, a cyclist, right? Um, anyway, she got him like to stop drinking for a while, start eating healthy, start exercising, start riding a bike. And she was, like, getting him to do it on a regular basis. Huh. Yeah. I was like, what? How is this possible? I don't know if he maintained. I was assume it was just a, a, a cleansing period before we'd hop back. Yeah. I think back that, on the booze. that makes being a drunk could get boring if you never took a break. You got to step away once in a while, clean it up, and then feel the joy of going back down into the darkness. Yeah, the darkness. You know? You know, I talked to Ari Shafir yesterday, or I texted with Ari. He's quarantined himself in Maryland for two mm -hmm. weeks. He's yeah. just, he, he's run out of edibles, and he's not smoking it because he thinks it makes you uh, vulnerable to corona. So he's living like a, he's doing yoga, living a clean life. Good for him. Yeah. So he's going to do that for two weeks, and then he's going to move in with his folks, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think he just decided to play it that way. Smart move coming from New York because that's where Michael Yo got it. It's where there's the most cases in the country right now. Meanwhile, they say more cases in the United States and more deaths in the United States than China. And I don't buy that. I was reading that this scientist was saying that is literally almost impossible. You're dealing with a country that has three times the amount of people and it broke out there. So there's three times the amount of people who broke out there. It's been going on far longer than it's been going on here. And they're saying there's less deaths in China than there are here and mm. less people infected? Yeah. Highly suspicious. Yeah. China concealed extent of virus outbreak, U.S. intelligence says. That's from Bloomberg. Yeah. That should say, uh, duh, yeah. under it. Yeah. Of course they did. Now, when they shoot you for reporting the truth? Yeah. Dude, there's 21 million people missing from their cell phone database there. Really? 21 million. That doesn't, mean that, 20, that doesn't mean that 21 million people are dead from the virus, but let's just say it's only 10% of those people. Yeah. Let's say it's that. That's 2 million people dead. Right. Let's say it's 10% of that. 
Come on, man. 200,000 people dead? How many people How many people really died? Is it really only 30,000 or whatever they said? Mm. How many did they say died? It's not that many. Well, they've also loosened up their um, restrictions now. So if it if it didn't get if it didn't get that bad, it will get that bad because it'll have a boomerang now that they open it up again. <sighs> well, they tried to open up movie theaters and then they immediately closed them back down again. Well, did How you hear people as are... soon as they relaxed things, the uh, divorce rate went up, shot through the roof in China. Three thousand deaths. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, right. 81,000 cases. We have way more cases. Only 3,000 deaths. We have more deaths. Come on. Yeah. They Listen, you're dealing with a military dictatorship. They get to de decide what information gets revealed and anything that would show them to have made a mistake or to be liable or to be negligent or incompetent is going to be suppressed. Well, what's uh, North Korea saying? It's a good question. I haven't heard a peep out of North Korea. South Korea apparently got on it very quickly. They were saying that Germany has the best results. They have a very, very low mortality rate. And they don't know if it's because of the stringency of their system, the health of the people, whether it's a combination of things. They have apparently a very good healthcare system. But it makes sense. Like the thing about the way Germans make cars, you know? Yeah. They're so well engineered. It's right. like so well thought out. North Korea claims no coronavirus <laughs> cases. <laughs> Can it be trusted? Oh, yeah. Send him your fucking credit card number. And Kim Jong-un just shot an 11 again last week in golf. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, does he have crazy golf scores? Yeah. Does he really? Come yeah, on. he claims that he uh, got a hole-in-one in every hole. No. <laughs> Something crazy. Yeah. Really? Or got like a 27 out of 18 holes. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. What is that? Is that like Tiger Woods world class? No. No. Tiger Woods will shoot a great round at 63. So this guy says like he did seventeen. I, I forget what it is, but oh it's like God. it entails several holes in one in one round. <laughs> Got five holes in one. Yeah, <laughs> in one round. <laughs> oh my God! Dennis Rodman was with him. <laughs> that must be fun though to be able to just tell people every day, like, all right, print this. Yeah. Um, I yeah. fucked nine women last night. They were all tens. He said he got a 34, a 38 under par, 34. <laughs> By the way, uh, Lil Duval, who's the best follow on Instagram right now, he's all day he's been posting about the the, the uh, coronavirus and funny memes and shit. But he had one with the uh, the king of Thailand. The king of Thailand is sequestered in his palace with his 18 girlfriends. <laughs> is that sequestered? Yes, it is. It's just him <laughs> and them and just a long bone session. <laughs> How many does he have? But like, you feeling any better? Nope. Gonna need a little more time. The king of Thailand had a girl that was like his number one girl. Here it is. Uh -huh. King of Thailand. Oh, excuse me. 20 girlfriends. Wow. He's in a luxury hotel with 20 girlfriends. <laughs> oh, so he's got them all in rooms. They can't go anywhere. Stay put. Is that what all his medals are for? Yes, for fucking. He won the fucking Olympics every year. <laughs> He stands on the podium <sighs> holding his dick. That is so crazy. Is some there's just different styles of life. Yeah. But uh I think uh Lil Duval wrote aspirations. It's <laughs> the same guy that uh, made his mistress lie at the at his feet yeah, while yeah. he got married. Yeah, it's the same guy. Oh no, no shit. Not only did he took away her uh military position because she was disrespectful to the queen. Wow. Yeah. He made her bow down. 
in front of everybody. You watch the video. Click. It says watch the video. You should watch the video. Oh, <laughs> damn. As he made her his official concubine in ceremony attended by his wife. So that was when he made her his official concubine. That was one video. But there's another video where he took away the title, which hasn't been bestowed upon someone in a long time, apparently. He took it away because she, uh, she slipped of the tongue. Look at this. Official concubine. Look at bowing down. Oh, she gets just, a concubine crown. Just imagine living like that. Imagine the whole world. He gives her something to eat. What is she doing? <laughs> she putting in her hair like a leaf. A little flower to put behind her ear. Yeah, there's like rules, stuff you have to do. Meanwhile, the wife's like, mm-hmm, this bitch. Fuck's this bitch doing? Look at that. They all have to be on their knees in front of him. Whew. I guess. Lots of different ways to go. All right. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Maybe he's got the best time of this coronavirus. Thailand's Playboy King has taken over a luxury German hotel to isolate from the coronavirus along with a harem of 20 women. <laughs> Salute. 67. Keep on rocking in the free world, sir. <laughs> 20 women. It seems like a lot. I guess it's, you know. Maybe he knows something we don't know. Yeah. He's eat, whatever, whatever his diet is, I need it. Well, maybe it's just like he knows it's going to take a long time. Yeah. Maybe they get to world leaders and they go, look, we've got, we got a couple of years. It was not clear if his fourth wife, former flight attendant, was even with him. <laughs> the baller move would be to, like, wait four days and then send for more women. Right. Just to blow people's minds. Yeah. With golden underwear on. You just pose at the balcony every now and then. <laughs> you stand out of the balcony overlooking the city with a glass of champagne with golden underwear. <laughs> just look around and you go right back in. Send in some more bitches. He left. I mean, he's in Germany. He's in Berlin. Of course. Yeah, he just left. He, well, Germany's the best place to be, like we were saying. Super, yep. super low mortality rate. Less than one-tenth of 1% in Germany. I was reading that, like, in Scandinavia, different countries are, they're, they're all being pretty conservative about it, except for Sweden, which right. has, like, completely laxed all social distancing, and they've got the same rates of infection as everybody no, else. No, they don't. No, they don't. Oh, has it changed? Yeah, it's jumped. Oh. Yeah. yeah, the Sweden model, um, there was a curve that they showed uh, week to week where everyone else is kind of like, this is the, uh, the thing you keep hearing, flatten the curve. Right. Well, Sweden is a good example of how it's not flat, and it's going up. So they had like, you know, Sweden was yellow and this country was another color and, and Sweden was going up where yeah. the other ones were not. Huh. Yeah, it's it's a risky move, you know, and I think, uh, I don't know uh, if their fatalities are any higher, though. We're going to see state by state what happens in this country because, you know, California has been really locked down pretty mm -hmm. early and pretty well. And there are a lot of cases in San Francisco, but... Not that bad here. Not bad here in L.A. No, not that bad. If you really stop and consider what it could be. Um, a lot in New York, though. New York's rough. New yeah. York's, it's, but think about the way people, the style of life over there. Everybody's bumping into everybody on Public the streets. Public transportation. Yep, yep, yep. Apartment buildings, taking the elevators, hundreds of other people on the stairs. and City bikes. Oh, yeah, man. You're, you're always in contact with people. You're eating out way more than you're eating at home. I mean, it's one of the cool things about New York City. You know, that's that's what's going to be weird coming back if people can relax, or if they're just now. Are we going to be like this when the flu comes around again? Mm. Like, what if another 
pandemic flu that does the kind of damage that that other one that we were talking about, the 2017, 2018 flu? Are we going to be gun shy now? Oh, I think I watch TV or movies and I literally have a subconscious reaction to people being close to each other. That's how internalized it's becoming. Yeah. And that's going to stick around for a while. Yeah, like you see a picture of dudes like hugging each other and laughing at a bar. You're like, what are you doing so close to each yeah. other? Get out. Yep. Fuck. Yeah, we're going to be rewired after this. Do you think you'll get through it and um, and go back to normal the way you think? Or do you think there's no normal? This I think it world. depends on what you just said. I think if there's another one that comes on the heels of this, then it's going to really reinforce it. But if if this thing clears up as, you know, if the weather comes in and it's warm, which isn't even proven because a lot of warm weather places still have the coronavirus. But if it if it's if that helps stem it for a while, and and it goes away within a few months, I think we'll be okay. Well, dude, you're welcome to come in here anytime you want. While we're while we're down, if you want to do regular podcasts, let's do them all the time. Oh, that's great. Let's hang out. Yeah, I'd love yeah. it. Because one of the things that I'm enjoying, for real enjoying, over these last few weeks has been I did a podcast with Bert, and I did a podcast with Tom, then I did a podcast with Joey, and I'm like, these are my favorite. Like, we're all getting to hang out like, yeah. on a regular basis. Right. You know, it's not like these big stretches where you're going on tour in the east and I'm going over here and Joey's over there. Like, we're all together. We're yep. almost fucking, we're 30 minutes drive from each other all the time. Yeah. It's different. I know. This is great. And it's like, it's like I was saying with my family, family and close friends. It's like, yeah. what's better than that in life? The thing is that's weird, though, is you can't hug and you're not even shaking hands and we're seeing each other, but we're staying all these feet apart from me. it's a little yeah, weird. Yeah, it's it feels a little weird in that regard, but yeah, that's just what it is now. Right, it's what it is now until it stops being that. I know, and podcasting has to take the place of stand up for a while, just energy to. wise, creativity wise. People and that are doing stand up on uh, the internet with no audience are out of your fucking mind. People like, are doing that. <laughs> yes, a no. bunch of people have done it at the Laugh Factory. They were streaming stand up comedy. Can you hear the audience's laugh? Is it like a Zoom where it's back and forth? No, there's no audience. There's They're just no doing there. stand-up? They're just doing stand-up. They're basically playing guitar with no instrument. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They're masturbating. It's comedy <laughs> masturbation. Well, they just are trying it out. You know, they go, like, people at home are listening, but it's not the same. No, people want the content, but you got to figure out. I just started this new podcast called Sunday Papers where I just me and, you know, my buddy Mike Gibbons. Yeah, sure. I met Mike. Yeah. So me and Mike do a thing where we read the Sunday paper and we just go through each section, entertainment, sports, business. That's a good move. And we just do jokes about each section and we have little sound effects for the paper. And Oh, that's great. Yeah. So it's on my site. It's on uh, the Fitzdog Radio site. But And it's like it's just another reason to hang out with a good friend yes. once a week. Yeah, Tim Dillon said it best. <clears throat> He's like, stand-ups, you can't just do stand-up to no audience. He's like, you got to be creative. Yeah. Come up with sketches. Right. You know, but Dillon's always doing that. Tim has always got, like, his Megan McCain impression and all He's that. He's really fucking funny. He's so prolific. Yeah, he is. And he let the stuff he does out on the street, just fucking around yes. with people, is hilarious. No, he's awesome. He's he's awesome, but he, he goes so far. Like, his characters. I told him, like, I want you to get healthy, man. I'm like, we need you. Yeah. Like I, we really do need him. Right. He's fucking hilarious. He's he's a wild man. And this is the t like f for me like guys like him <laughs> that fucking push it hard, 
Like, they're important. Yeah. You got to keep these guys around. That's right. You got to nourish them. Because, like, there's a lot of lazy comics out there that aren't putting in one-tenth of the work that Tim Dillon's out there putting in. Yeah. He's constantly uploading new videos, constantly doing things, constantly tweeting funny shit, mm -hmm. constantly, yeah. constantly. Yeah. He's just still working, man. And he's just naturally funny. Yes. He's he, got that. He's got to be from Long Island, right? Oh, he's definitely from New York. He's got right? that. He's from Long Island, right? He's got that yeah. Long Island sense of humor. He just doesn't give a shit. The best form of it. Yeah. yeah. The, the best form. But well read. But yeah. a, a smart guy, too. Right. Yeah. We're in, a, we're in a strange, strange moment in history. Yeah, it's strange, but it's an opportunity. It really is something you got to look at. Like you said something to me when I, I asked you last week how you're doing. You said you're just, you're just trying to uh, accept. And I think that's the key. If you can yeah. accept it, then you can be proactive about it. You can be creative about it. You can just take whatever life force you have and, and you know, look at what, what, what are the possibilities here. Don't have any expectations that get shattered by reality. Accept what it is. What it is is a new thing. You know, let's stay alive, be nice to each other, and, uh, and do your best and try to get through this. And, and hopefully at the other end, when science and medicine has gotten a, a handle on this, hopefully we can go back to normal life. That would be wonderful. But right now we can't, so it is what it is. If you just want to run around screaming and, and, and hollering and freaking out about it, and it's not good. What, what makes me more concerned than anything is what is life going to be like once the economy rolls back again? How many people are going to be out of work? How many businesses are going to be shuttered? How many, you know, how, how fucked up is it going to be? That gives me the most uh, fear of the unknown because I know that a certain amount of people are going to get sick and a certain large percentage are going to get better and unfortunately some people are going to die and all that's awful. But I kind of see that. That, that makes sense in my mind. I kind of see a disease. I see people that all make sense. What doesn't make sense is an economy that stops and then restarts again. I've never seen that before. Yeah. So for that, I'm like, what is that like? It is, and it, there's no model to right. base it on because our economy today is so much different than it was, you know, even 10 years ago. It's you an know. international economy. It is, uh, it's a it's a digital economy. There's so much of it that we don't we don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna play out. Yeah. And yeah. I know that a lot more people are going to stop going to work. I think that businesses are saying, oh, we don't need offices for 100% of our people and parking spots. No, we'll just have 50% of the people work from home like we just did for the last three months. That worked. That would be very cost effective for people that don't want to have gigantic offices. Right. And, then, and, and then also how free, how much freedom it is if you, you can work from home. Yep. I mean- for a lot of people, if that's possible, that would definitely be preferable. Hell yeah. And productivity, I can tell you from writing on TV shows over the years, there's been some that I've written from home, you know, where I'm like a consultant that's just handing them it. I do so much more work when I have to actually hand it in through an email than when I'm sitting in a writer's room with 12 other people throwing out a line once an hour while I'm eating fucking sushi. <laughs> I mean, I work my ass off when I'm home because I got I to gotta justify it. Yes, that's a good point. That's a good point. You're accountable. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think a good thing to do right now would be to think about that in terms of uh, creation of material. One thing I've been guilty of over the last month, I haven't written jack shit. I mean, I have a couple ideas that I wrote down, but I really have been writing when I haven't been doing stand-up. And uh, I decided what I wanted to do is I wanted to know what my take on this is. And I felt like the best way 
I could figure out what my take on it is, is just have a natural take on it. Mm -hmm. Like actually go through this and, and find out what it is first, how long it's going to last. And what, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? And at the beginning, I didn't know what my thoughts on it were because my thoughts on it were stay safe, make sure family stays safe, friends stay safe, you know, do whatever you're supposed to do. And, and let's find out how long it's going to take. What do the experts say? Talk to some experts. What are, what's the prognosis look like? It keeps getting pushed back. Now it's June. Now they're saying June. Things are going to restart in June. I'm like, fuck, what is that like? What is that like for people that are check to check? Three months? Yeah. April, May, June? Right. When, when, does it, uh, when does it go back? Three months from now and it's already been a month? Whoa. You know, what, when, what day, June? What if right. June 14, you've got more cases? Then what do we do? When do we, do we ever say, fuck it, let's just go back to work? What is that like? Mm. What kind of drunken uh, Wild West parties oh, are yeah. there going to be when people go back to work and start going back to bars and yep. they forgot how to be out at a bar at a nightclub? Mm -hmm. How many people are going to be pregnant? When this, this all goes back, there's going to be a giant uptick Oh, nine in months from now? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I didn't people. think of that. They're fucking and they're scared yeah. and they're shooting those those fear-based loads. Yep. Which are heavy. Dude, fear we're running out of condoms. I was just reading in the course. paper that they're like who they they produce all the condoms in uh Malaysia. Those I think fucks. it's in Malaysia. And uh they're <clears throat> fucking they're, they're shuttered. The factory's shuttered. We need to make shit here, but we need to make shit in a way that doesn't destroy the environment. And mm. one of the ways they're able to make shit in other countries is they don't have the same regulations, environmental regulations, as they do here. That's always been the big problem with uh, shipping stuff overseas. They also don't have the same regulations. Like when the Foxconn scandal came out and they found out there was nets around the building to keep people from jumping oh, off right. the building where they make iPhones. Yeah. You're like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> we got to make them here. Yeah. And we got to figure out a way where we make them where we have a, a, the person who makes them makes a good living. You know, it, it, the back the old days when they used to have uh, like great cars that were made in Detroit. They were all made in Detroit, and Detroit was this huge city. Yeah, Detroit was one of the richest cities in the country. Yeah, it was huge. Now it's a disaster because everything got shipped overseas or everything got shipped to, you know, d to different places. Well, and they got to figure out you know the unions because the unions are a great theory and they have worked well in a lot of ways, but they also. Uh, have huge problems and they've there's got to be a way to get unions back in place that can guarantee people health coverage and retirement without making the cost of doing business so high that it uh hurts the industry i don't know jack shit about finances so i don't know whether or not i should even comment on that but it would be nice if everybody worked it out yeah it would be nice if everybody figured out how to make shit in america where we don't have to worry about things going down and let's let's learn from this to learn from this and start making medicine over here. Why is all the medicine made in China? What? Right. How much? What? It's crazy. Yeah. We make a lot of shit, but we need to balance out. We need to balance out for uh, some sort of apocalyptic event. We got to be prepared. Well, this is like, you know, we're streamlining right now. We're re we're realizing what's necessary and what's luxury. And we're getting, we're keeping it simple, and then we're going to come out of it having a better gauge of what each of us needs or individually. And Trump as a wins a second term. We go to war with Iran. Yeah. China backs Iran. Woo! Things get crazy. Yeah. No one has any money. Fifty percent are out of work. 
Military's in the streets. Yeah. COVID-21 comes out. Yeah. Kills 40% of the population. Still no ventilators. All right. That's possible, too. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of possibles out there. That's what was the thing about so we were sh- right we were now. shipping stuff overseas? They just just read something today that like we were sending metal, medical equipment to other countries. We were. Did you read anything about that? It was there, like we sh- <clears throat> when the ship broke down in China, we shipped a bunch of our stuff there to help them without then replenishing what we shipped over. Okay. Oh, we got stupid. Like we're trying to be helpful <laughs> yeah. and. and think it was going to happen to us i think i think that's what i was but saying. i think i also read something about thailand that we that we were in the pri- we were actually shipping stuff to thailand right now and then uh it was some kind of mix up and the government's apologizing about it now well china's apparently going to stop according to my friend forrest galante uh, who's a wildlife biologist china's going to stop the uh, sale of a lot of wildlife now which is what you got in those uh wet markets yeah you know, sale of wildlife all packed on top of each other. Apparently, they're they're enacting some new regulations to stop that because they're recognizing, like, hey, this is where diseases come from. It's going to be a better way to do this. But, I mean, in really impoverished uh, provinces, and you think about the sheer size of China and the sheer numbers of the population, like, and the fact that they've been doing it this way for so long, what are you going to do different? How are you going to stop them? Well, it's factory farming, and so what's happening is, like, these small farmers are being pushed further and further into the wilderness and so they're you know they're basically harvesting animals that aren't normally eaten and there's a lot of bat shit and the animals are eating bat shit is that really what's going on that yeah. sounds like a gas station version of what what's really going on oh who am i what, are you, what am i one of your doctor <laughs> guests who knows what the fuck they're talking I, about i think you're right about bat shit though Official asked the Thais for help, only to be informed by the puzzled voices on the other side of the line that a U.S. shipment of the same supplies, the second of two so far, was already on its way to Bangkok. Hmm. So that we had a problem with our policy and the way shit was already sent over and someone else was asking for stuff and they didn't know that it was already being sent there, so they'd put a stop on that. Okay. Oh. Sent back yeah. before it oh, so it was being there, sent to Bangkok and we turned it around. Yeah. Dude, Meanwhile, watching- their, their king is in Germany <laughs> fucking 20 beautiful women. Meanwhile, I was watching, uh, there's this guy, uh, do you know who Efren Reyes is? No. Probably one of the, if not the greatest pool player of all time, one of the greatest pool players of all time. And uh, he lives in the Philippines. And he plays these uh, money matches over there all the time. He's really old now. He doesn't play like he used to when he was at his best. But they put these matches online from like March 20th, 2020. Packed pool hall. People stuffed into in the Philippines, stuffed on top of each other. No social distancing whatsoever. Smoking cigarettes, hanging out, playing pool, stuffed into this pool room. And I'm like, wow. Like, that's crazy. And they're just putting that online. Yeah, yeah. Mar- see if you can find it. Efren Reyes, March 2020. Like, March 20th. Damn. Somewhere around there. And I'm, I'm like, oh. Like, how many places in the world are like this? <clears throat> where they just they're just hanging out right they just like fuck it we're just gonna do it normal style right and then leaving and going on public transportation for sure yeah, yeah. and then other people interact with them and yeah but it's uh other places you know you go to the supermarket and people are dressed up like they're beekeepers yeah what's your uh <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> what's your uh 
uh, regimen for exercising during this, same as usual? Same as usual. Yeah. Yeah. Except you can't go to yoga classes. You're just yeah, doing no yourself. yoga, but I'm working out here. Yeah. You know, and I work out at my house, and I, I still run the hills with the dog. I've been doing that a lot. More, more hiking than running. I had a little bit of a knee injury from skiing. Mm. But um, that's healed up. But it's, um, you know, it's not that big a deal for me. Luckily, I'm, I'm fortunate. I got a home gym. But there's plenty of videos if you don't online. If you can get any one thing, one piece of equipment that I would think you would need, get a chin-up bar. Everything else you could do with your body weight. If you just write out a body weight workout, so chin-ups, add chin-ups, different kinds of push-ups like Hindu push-ups. Hindu push-ups are uh, your ass goes up in the air and you bomb dive and oh, then you yeah. push up. Those like are, an up dog? Yeah, exactly. Those are great. Those are great. Do series of, you know, sets of 20 of those. Do regular push-ups. Do uh, diamond push-ups, you know, with your hands like this. Uh, you could do wall presses where, like, you do, uh, you put your feet on the wall, and you could do, like, shoulder presses that way where you're pushing things overhead. You can, what do you mean, like a handstand? Mm-hmm, yeah. And you, you just put your feet on the wall. So you rest your feet on the wall, and you, you just do shoulder presses. Yeah. Instead of uh, pushing weight off uh over overhead you just push your whole body up right so you could do that you can you can without even leaving your house you can get crazy cardio workouts just by doing lunges and switching steps and doing uh, what are called hindu squats and hindu squats you go uh down they're all just all body weight no weight no uh added weight at all you go down and as you go down when your knees go all the way bent you actually lift your heels up off the ground you go on the, the balls of your feet and then you put your hands behind you, and then you stand up like this. And then you go back down again in the same thing. And you just keep going over and over and over again, and you can do sets of like 100. So it's really pretty easy for the first 10. And then for the first 15 and 20, and then you go, okay, oh, this is going to be 30. Whoo, this is some work. 50, holy shit, I'm halfway there. 60, 70. You get to 100 Hindu squats, and your thighs are fucking Damn. burning, burning, burning. Yeah. And you want to build up, like, some wrestlers, would uh, they would do them every day. They would do, like, 500 Hindu squats every morning. No it shit. Was part, yeah, it was part of their conditioning regiment. You know who The Miz is, that guy on the WWE? No. He was on Fear Factor once. And uh, the most fit guy we ever had on Fear Factor, by far. Like, you could do freaky shit. Like, swam in cold water, holding his breath while doing tasks for, like, two and a half minutes. Didn't have to come up for air. Where everybody else would have tapped out a long time ago. I was like, this fucking dude is fit. And this was before he was like a superstar in wrestling. Like people knew of him. He had been on some reality show. In the real world. He was on the real world. Yeah. yeah. But, but like super fit, like crazy shape. And he was talking about the different things that he would do for wrestling. And one of the things was the, the air squats. They would do those kind of Hindu squats, very similar kind of squats. Yeah. We do 500 a day. Wow. I was like, God damn. And, and knowing how hard it is to do 100, you're doing 500 of those a day. That's a punishing workout on your legs. You don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. Right from your house. We got you some of those rubber time. bands. Those rubber bands are really good, too. Those are great, too. Those are great. There's a ton of exercises that you can learn on um, on Instagram and on YouTube in particular. A bunch of different websites, a bunch of different people that can show you exercises. On the Onnit website, we got a, a bunch of different uh, workouts, bodyweight workouts. And also, if you want to get a kettlebell, just get one fucking kettlebell. There's a ton of YouTube videos that'll give you an amazing workout with one kettlebell. One kettlebell, one 35-pound kettlebell. And these, these like this series of high-intensity workouts from a bunch of different instructors. No shit. There's so much. Yeah, wow. man, free. Just they just want you to tune into their content. And they'll give you certain exercises you can do, and they'll put them in order. And they're trying to build up their Instagram pages or build up their YouTube pages.
So plenty of so just free information. Get on Amazon.com, mm-hmm. have them send a 35-pound kettlebell. kettlebell to your house. Yeah, one kettlebell, and you, you replaced done. your gym. Yeah. One kettlebell, one chin-up bar, you replaced your gym. Right. I mean, every day you can get a fucking ferocious workout in a bunch of different ways. So the chin-up bar is just for pull-ups and chin-ups? Mm-hmm. Just pull-ups. And I guess pull-ups ab and stuff. Yeah. yeah, you can do ab stuff too. You want to get the kind, in my opinion, my humble opinion, get the kind that screws into the door. I don't trust those ones that hook I just like I could just see shit going yeah, wrong. Right. You know what I mean? I want a motherfucker that's not coming out of the door. Yeah. Just uh, just in there. And then from that you could do those uh, leg raises where you hang and you bring your feet up and touch the bar and then slowly bring them down and feet mm-hmm. up and touch the bar. Brutal ab workout. There's a ton of shit you can do from your home. You could do if you want to get in crazy cardio, get these little egg weights. They have them a bunch of different sizes and do rounds of shadow boxing. So I have some that are five pounds or five pounds in each hand, and you uh, you put on like a timer, and then you just have to shadow box for three minutes, and you're 13 seconds in, you're like, oh fuck this, no shit, <sighs> yeah, just keep going, yeah. keep moving, and and it's you can get crazy cardio without having to go anywhere, yeah, anywhere, you don't have to do anything, yeah, you know, I'm gonna continue with my program of um, nothing, sleeping with rounds of furious masturbation, furious. Or do some push-ups, Greg. I've been now. I've been doing stuff. I've been uh, family yoga. Been doing every other day. We found a good video online. We do, and then bike rides. Took a long ass bike ride with my son last night. Um, but they closed the beach. They closed the parks. Yeah, they closed, closed the right? tennis courts. Everything. Right now, Cameron Haynes' son, Truett, is trying to break the record for the most chin-ups. In 24 hours, he's doing five. I think he's doing five every minute, and he's been doing really? it. Yeah, he's been doing it since three o'clock in the morning. The idea is uh, it goes all the way through to 24 hours of chin-ups, and I think the number to beat. He's looking to beat like 4,000 something chin-ups. No shit. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, it's going on right now. Go to his uh, Instagram. Oh, you can go to Cam's Instagram page because Camp flew in. Um, to help him. I think they're doing it in Utah. And uh, his Instagram is just Truett. That's Cam's son. Yeah, he hasn't posted anything for the last five hours. He's at 2060. 2060. Yeah. So he might need to take a little nappy poo. <laughs> What's he built like? Is he lean or is he, he is, beefy? Uh, he's a stud. He's very strong. There he is. Okay. Yeah, he's probably, he's in the. I would, if I had to guess, he's in the 200-pound range. Looks tall. Yeah, he's a big kid, big, strong kid. I mean, he's he's taller than Cam. Cam, I don't know how tall he is. No, I think about it. Oh, he's doing anyway. overhand. Yeah, that's pull-ups. Chin-ups are this one. Yeah. You grab it like this. Right. Pull up. Man, I guess he's probably like 5'11", 5'10", 5'11". Whatever he is, the kid's a stud. And he's young, man. He's, I think, he's in his early 20s. So he's doing this. He's doing five of them. But he's got a savage father. I mean, his father's out there running 240-mile races that take three days. You know, his father's one of the, the best bow hunters on planet Earth. Yeah? Yeah. His father's Cameron Haynes. He's the guy who, who originally taught me how to shoot a bow and taught me how to hunt. So that's his son. So his son's a fucking savage, too. So he's doing... Five of these every minute. So what'd you say he's at? Two thousand what? So is that <clears throat> two thousand? <clears throat> excuse me, two thousand and sixty. Oh, look at his shirt. Two thousand and sixty. Yeah, 
Rogan and Haynes for president, 2020. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this kid is an animal, and he's documenting the whole thing. So good luck to you, Truett. Uh, Mountain Ops, maybe that's it. Mountain Ops, that's where that the Mountain Ops gym. That makes sense. They're um, a company that makes uh, high-end uh, supplements that are used by a lot of outdoor people. Uh-huh. Make a lot of stuff specifically tailored towards uh, athletes that hunt. And at, like this, that's the thing about this uh, bow hunting thing that's very different than what people associate with hunting. Like you have to go to the animals, and there's no easy way to do it. You're going to the end. You're hiking. You're, right. It's it's an it's a sport. You have to be in shape. It's it's a rare. You got to carry heavy shit. You got to carry heavy shit. But that's the easy part. The hard part is well, not always, because sometimes you're deep deep in. You got to carry heavy shit for miles and miles. But it's also hard just to get to where the elk are. They're they're super athletes, and they just effortlessly bound up the side of a hill in seconds, and it would take you an hour to go to the same place. Yeah. So you have to follow these fuckers. And you have to be fit to do it. And you're at, you know, 8,000 feet above sea level. So there's not much air there anyway. And it's you have cold. to be fit. Yeah. So he started uh, running marathons, Cameron did, and getting uh, in really great shape just for elk hunting. And then along the way, he said, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some ultra marathons. So he did some 100 milers. And then this, he did this Bigfoot 200, or was it, was it Bigfoot 240? No, the Moab 240. So he did a 200 miler, and then he did a 240 miler. That's 10 marathons. Dude, it's so preposterous. And it takes days, days and days and days. And they just run for days. Not straight through. Yes. Straight Without through. sleeping, he'll they run 10 sleep an hour. marathons. Sleep an hour. Sometimes people sleep 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Courtney Dowalter, we had her in here. She won. Not only did she win it, she won it by more than 10 hours. So she was 10 hours faster than the second place person. <laughs> Shit. She's a savage. She said she slept for a minute. And then when the minute was over, she was angry. She thought they had let her sleep for longer because she was so rested. Uh-huh. And then she got up and fucking kept running. Dude, she ran 200. I think it's like officially, they call it the 240, but it's like 238. 238 miles. Think about how many times days. you run through pain. Like, because I run, if I run to the beach and back, it's two miles. And my ankle or my knee, something hurts. Yeah. But when you run that far, you're dealing with blisters, <sighs> twisted ankles, Ugh. chafing. Ugh. Ugh. You're going to fall apart. Damn. Yeah, I've said it before, but I'll say it one more time. If if you, anyone hasn't seen, go and watch the video that was documenting Eddie Izzard's trip around all of UK. He was running a marathon every day. He did it for like, like 20 days or something? 26 days, I think he did it. Uh, something crazy like that. Yeah. But here's what's really crazy. Didn't run before this. That's the craziest. So decided to pick up running and run a marathon every day for like almost a month. And just by sheer will. Oh, you mean he didn't train no. leading up to that? No, he was overweight. No shit. Overweight, didn't, wasn't in shape at all. Feet were destroyed. Yeah. I mean destroyed, like one day they forced him, like medically forced him to take a day off. Like you have to rest your feet. His feet were destroyed. Destroy the skin was just hanging off of them, just raw meat. And they're showing like they're trying to clean the dressings and the bandages, and it's just falling apart. Like his skin's destroyed. You gotta have some still serious internal pain, emotional pain to put yourself through that. Or you have to have a mind that's like a bank vault. You don't let those things fuck with you. You just yeah. keep going. You have a goal. 
Here's your goal. Left foot, right foot. Go. Keep going. But till when? To get to the end and then get something to eat, go to sleep, and you can do it again tomorrow. And after a while, he sort of got in shape. He just got in shape by running a goddamn marathon every day. And so towards the end of it, he's like not really in much pain anymore. He's like be able to do them a little bit faster. You could see his body's getting more accustomed to, to running. And was he doing it in high heeled shoes? No, no, oh, no. He was only that doing helps. Imagine. That helps. Yeah. Yeah. He was doing regular clothes. <laughs> What's that? Oh, he did have his nails painted. Well, didn't he just did a, another one? Yeah, he just did a 28 and 28 days, I think. He was telling us he was doing one, and he wanted to run through these really bad parts of Africa. And they're like, no. They're like, you'll get killed. They'll rob you and kill you. He's like, really? He's like, yeah, we're going to get you, take you in a van, get you out of this area, and then you can run the rest. Uh-huh. Like, there's areas that are like, you are not running. Like, what if you guys follow me? Like, no. <laughs> They'll come get you. Make wow. humanity great again. Oh, I love his hat. Blue hat, make humanity great again. You got to go blue, right? Because he's got the red and the. You can't even wear a red hat today. Yeah. Someone had a Supreme hat on. It was Shab. He had a red hat that said Supreme in white letters. People like you should probably take that hat off. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, did you see Curb Your Enthusiasm this season? No, I didn't. There's one where he wears a hat just to f- just to have people leave him alone, and he fucking <laughs> loves it. He just walks around L.A. Everybody treats him like a pariah. That's hilarious. Those are my picks. If you're if you're bunkered down looking for shit to watch on TV, Curb's new season is great. Ozark is Ozark's fucking great. great. Ozark's great. Just started. Just got through episode one of the new season. That's one of my favorite shows. Though. Yeah, I love, I love that love show. It. Outside, <clears throat> Outsider, excuse me, on HBO is very good too. Great. What else is good? My um, brilliant friend on HBO. What is that? That's what I was telling you about it, the Italian one based oh. on the books. Oh. That's really good. Um, there's a new Better Call Saul. I haven't seen it yet, but it's all loaded up on the DVR. That just finished. There's plenty of shit to watch. Plenty of good shit, everybody. That's what's interesting about this time. It's like we're going to actually have time to watch shit. I know. I, I always pictured like, oh, God, I wish I could just like, you know – break my legs so I could lay in bed and, and catch up on this series. And it's like, that's happening. Yep. It's happening for everybody. Yeah, man. I mean, I like to be optimistic. I want to I wanna think that we're going to come through this better, that we're going to come through this a little bit more compassionate and understanding what it's like to be a person, that this is a, we have a vulnerable existence. That's what yeah, I want. Right. My fear is that there's going to be so much economic disparity so many people out of work, so much crime, that there's going to be a bunch of people that don't feel like they're being looked out for, and then there'll be a, a further divide yeah. between the haves and have-nots in this country, which is what you know. one of the reasons why I like people like Bernie Sanders, whether or not you're, he's right or wrong about whether or not he can enact any of those economic possibilities that he's talking about, whether or not any of that stuff actually works. At least the guy running the show has always been about helping the working people making sure people have health care, making sure your education is covered. Just those thoughts alone, like for the strength of our community and taking into consideration what we're going through right now, what it, when you realize what's actually important, what's actually important is that everybody's going to be okay. You know, whoever's okay, make sure they're okay. Get, get them resources. Yeah. Like help, help where you can. When we think of ourselves in our neighborhood, you think of your neighborhood, your neighbors need some help, you want to help, right? You want to, especially at, at a time like this. We should, that should how, that should be our approach to the whole country. Yeah. 
right? right? We just have to expand how we feel in a neighborhood in a crisis. Expand that to the whole country. Like maybe we can have a little bit of a shift here in the way we look at each other. This is real possible that maybe everybody can do their part. And then, you know, the people that are not doing their part, the people that are fucking shitty when when they get served on internet videos, people are enjoying the shit out of it. You know, they're enjoying it. There was uh, some guy with spit on, uh, like he spit on some oranges or something. That. Did you see that? Yeah. And some guy smashed him. Yeah. Everyone's sending that to everybody. Like, right. yeah, fuck you, man. Well, that's the thing. It's like this partisanship, it's so hard to see, you know, what it probably started with Reagan and it's gone since then where the left and the right are just at each other and there's no one reality anymore. And the things that brings people together is a war, a crisis, where suddenly you see that we are all in the same country. We're all on the same side, the, hu- the humane side. And hopefully that that's, that's what comes out of this. That's well said. And I hope you're right. Greg Fitzsimmons, ladies and gentlemen, episode 20. Episode 20 on the Joe Rogan experience. That's a lot of yeah. episodes, dude. We talked a lot of shit. Yeah, it's been years. great. Thanks for having me on Anytime. so often. Let's play some pool, motherfucker. Play some pool, dude. All right, friends. Uh, we'll be back. Much love to you all. Bye.